Traveling the Vortex, this is Sylvester McCoy, and I'm listening to Travel the Vortex, although there might be tangents ahead. <laughs> da 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 Join the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 223. And much like the Brigadier, we don't do anything on this podcast before the nick of time. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Very good, thank you. Here in the nick of time. In the nick of time, <laughs> as always. Did you guys have a good week? I did. I had a great week. Have I, a good Easter? I'm going to start off because this is something I should have addressed last week because I got these last week. But let me tell you a little story. <clears throat> when, I was a kid, Jed. when I was a kid. It was poor mountaineer and barely kept his family fit. When I was a kid, <laughs> they used to make this candy bar, and it was called the Marathon Bar. Does anybody remember that? I remember the Marathon, the marathon bar. bar. They were you about this long. That. They were they were ruler wink length long. That was the the, the gimmick. Yeah. Was, and in yeah, fact, on the back, you could turn it over, and it was a ruler. It had marks on it. Oh. It went twelve inches long, and it was simply caramel that was braided. And covered in chocolate. So you could actually see through the holes where the braid was. Hmm. And I loved these candy bars. And I think they only lasted until I was about seven. They were made by Mars. And Which since only lasted until you were eight. Then. <laughs> <laughs> since then. No, not the Mars bar. <laughs> since then, I've been looking for. I mean, it's kind of like my your quest for the Mars bar. I've been looking for marathon bars or something similar to it or the the history and demise of it. And I've been on the interweb and I've found little snippets about it, about how it was a Mars chocolate bar. And it was it was discontinued even in the UK because when Mars started I, – I, I'm remembering some of this from memory. But when Mars really fired up production in the UK, they named their Snickers bar the marathon bar. So they never re – issued the marathon bar anywhere. Mm. So when it was gone here, it was gone there. But apparently Cadbury... What a dumb name. ...over the years came up with... Sustenance for a marathon. Something it's called, and I just stumbled across this two weeks ago because I was watching Peep Show. And I... There's a scene where Jeff is... No, that's not Jeff. uh, The other one. um, That's that one you've been watching. Yeah. Yeah, Jez. Jez. He was... uh, Eating a candy bar that looked remarkably like a marathon bar. And I went, wait a minute. That looks like that. And it's called a curly whirly. So off to the interwebs. And I found it. And there was there, they, there's this whole you know history about the curly whirly. And Nothing how on the marathon, but it's all about the curly Cad, Cad, Cadbury essentially picked up the mantle and said, well, we can make a bar like that. And they, they called it the curly whirly. And the rest is history. So I went off to Amazon. Lo and behold, Amazon will import Curly Whirlies from the UK for me. Wow. So I ordered Curly Whirlies. Now, is that even with the, the recent Cadbury? Uh, yeah, well, Hershey's Hershey bought Cadbury, so no, no biggie. I mean, it's still there's still a Cadbury. It just isn't the same recipes. That's everybody's all upset about. But that was the big hoodoo. Is when Hershey bought Cadbury, they changed the recipe for the Cadbury eggs. Oh, they didn't change was, all the candy. I don't think so. I don't yeah. know. I've never eaten anything else over there, so it didn't, <laughs> what didn't affect me. See, I thought they'd stopped selling Cadbury in the States in order to keep the two, no. two separate. No, no, no. Cadbury, Cadbury here is actually owned by a different company. So, oh. yeah. Actually, Cadbury here might be owned by Hershey's, so they might be getting <laughs> the crap Cadbury eggs that we get, which everybody here loves, and we're used to that formula. 
Regardless, this isn't a story about Cadbury eggs because I don't like Cadbury eggs. I think they're the most vile things I've ever tasted. But I ordered my curly wordy inside a chocolate egg. Just doesn't seem like a good combination. And it looks like egg yolks. It looks like the Easter Bunny blew his nose inside the egg. It's just a. I'm sorry. Anything else? Because I I don't really want to talk about Cadbury eggs because, again, most vile things I've ever tasted. So I ordered my uh, Curly Whirlies. They came a week ago. Did you have to pay extra for the shipping from, from, uh, from No, UK actually I didn't or? because what they do is they have a the, – the, the Amazon has an import retailer in Seattle. So it comes over there and then that uh, – basically they absorb the import costs because they import a ton of other things. Uh-huh. And so they pay the import costs and I pay what it would cost me, you know, American dollars. So I paid UK-based candy? It is. Well, it's at okay, Cadbury out of UK. And uh, so I ordered it. My shipment came. Does it come this way around or does it go over the Atlantic and fly over us to get to Seattle? I brought Curly Whirlies for you guys, but Tom <laughs> doesn't get one because he's being a jerk. So He's asking questions. Yeah. He's being inquisitive. I don't know. Asking a question. <laughs> so did anyway, you, didn't um, you track it? Didn't they give you a tracking number where you so can Keith, see where your Curly Whirly bar is? I have for you a Curly Whirly bar. I'm not sure that's quite ruler length, but it's close. It's pretty close. Yeah, I remember them being thicker than that. I'm going to break it nope. open and try it now. Same, they were the same, same, same yep. uh, height dimensions. Same ones. height dimensions, and they look... Very similar. Pull, pull it down. Pull it down a little more. Huh. I wish you could see this. See, at it's, it's kind of lost on Keith because he Sorry. doesn't. He's not old enough to remember marathons. Sean would probably getting, be getting a lot out of this if I was going to give him his bar. But <laughs> I don't remember Keith. this at all now that he's got it open. <laughs> of course. You see, don't. it looks more braided. I guess you did say braided, didn't you? Thank you. Yep. Well, it looks like a pretzel. It does yeah. kind of look like, like a pretzel. long pretzel. Like if you That's took a whole bunch like. of, it took a whole bunch of pretzels and stuck them end to end to end to end and then shrunk them down. <laughs> Actually, if you coat them in chocolate, yeah, cut them, you'd get pretzels. Yeah, they, they got a little soft. I actually had them last week. And I forgot about them, so they're a little soft in my. So continuing with the uh, traveling the vortex, eating British food. <laughs> yep, more British on, food. It's good. Very, they are good, aren't they? Now, uh, sadly, are you giving us caramel? I was seven. <laughs> The last time I remember these, and it's been so long that I can't, I can't honestly tell you that this exactly is what it sure. tasted like, but these are so good <laughs> that I want to imagine that this is what it's like. It's The thing is, it's like the Cadbury. The taste is very similar to what I remember. What it's I think like I remember. Cadbury, um, not Cadbury, it's like Reese's eggs. You know how Reese's eggs, the reason they're so good is because the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's you know you can't find that ratio in any other conglomeration yeah. of reasons. The trees, the trees, the no. pumpkins the hearts, are close, no. but they're not there. The pumpkins hearts are near. aren't there, and the giant the cup that's just right out. This <laughs> is so the perfect to me ratio of chocolate to caramel, and they're so good, so good. <laughs> I should have gave him the bar before I was finished with my stories. I wouldn't keep interrupting. Well, shut me up. <laughs> Good. So there you go. We have I tried. Really, you're, you're triggering Next time the Brits, I'll look and see if they have them. That is it? Is it? You're, yeah. you're triggering yeah. memory. And I, see, and yeah. I, as soon as I bit into one, I went, this is what I remember. And then I thought about it and thought, how could I possibly remember it may not 30 be, some years? But that's, yeah. It's, it's what I think I remember. Yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So stick with that is the closest I can find to a marathon bar. And I bought, I ordered six. It was like eight bucks total. So, I mean, that's a little more than a dollar a bar. And you get. You know, a candy bar in the in the states for a buck or more than a buck now. So you know where you go. True. 
If you get them off that truck in that parking lot, Keith, where you buy all your stuff, then <laughs> they're cheaper. Cheap, yeah. <laughs> but it's close to being expired that way, too. Right. So. You know, you, <laughs> you got to eat pay for it. Yeah. I like them. Gribbled all over me. <laughs> so that was my excitement last week, actually. Not then. I, and I completely spaced it, so I actually wrote a note this week. I saw your picture on Instagram and thought about it while we were recording, but then I just assumed, well, must have just been he was enjoying a candy bar and thought he'd post a picture. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know there was a huge story behind it. Well, it's hilarious because uh, David Mitchell and um, – I always forget the other actor's name. Webb, right? Webb, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Mitchell and Webb is the team, comedy team. They do a peep show, and I was actually I had finished I was finishing up the very last season, hmm. and I saw that I saw him holding that bar, eating it, and I went, oh, "That looks like a marathon bar." <laughs> that was so a good did, product placement. Then. Did, did you identify <laughs> it from the from the wrapper on the no, on the not show the wrapper or? because the the, if you remember the wrapper for a marathon bar was all reddish orange and it said marathon up the right. side. This was the color that he had. Was that what we're seeing now? White so purple. that's not that tipped me none whatsoever. It was because he had it. What, what, down. what was what was the leap that made you go? I mean, did, when you went to the internets then and went, what was the candy bar? No, he so says he was, actually says he's oh he, he says he's, he's enjoying because okay. there's a lot of internal uh, monologue there. You always hear what they're thinking, and so he was talking about. Well, I'm sitting, I'm standing here eating a curly whirly in your office, you know. And I went, Curly Whirly. <laughs> <laughs> and funny enough, the second side I came across was equating them to the marathon bar. That's when I went, okay, this is the connection. Hmm. But it was just the visual even because he said Curly Whirly. And if he had said Curly Whirly and I didn't see the bar, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. Yeah. But when I saw that design, and I saw that bar and he was, I had about four inches of that outside of the package and it was that braided chocolate. And I went, oh, that's got to be it. It's got to be it. All our UK listeners are going, well, duh. <laughs> Been eating curly <laughs> whirlies since you were seven. <laughs> but if you'd like to send us a case. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or if anybody knows where we can get them in the U.S. that I don't have to import them. That or uh, a refrigerated nice. box of uh, uh, it's the ice cream trilogy. Um, Coronetto? Coronetto. Coronetto. You know Which I, I know they're the exact same as the ones you can get in the gas stations here. Right, they're just branded right. differently, but I don't care. I want one in a Coronetto Well, wrapper. you know, yeah. the, the wrapper's kind of the Yeah, the that's, that's the selling I'll tell you, I, we probably, they probably carry Curly Worries over Brits because I, I have a feeling it's probably a popular candy bar. And so I've just never never thought about it because if, if i just seen it in a – Oh, yeah, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? So maybe I'll check Brits next time I'm in Lawrence. Maybe I don't have to have them shipped. I can have them day <laughs> That's my check the candy store in the mall. You're in uh, oh candy store in the mall has British imports. I have all sorts of candy. Oh, other than well, next time you're in Lawrence, drops. next time I'll yeah, drop into <laughs> You're over there more often than I am, so whenever I go to Brits next, I will keep an eye out for these. Thank you. They probably cost three times as much in Brits, but still might be cheaper. You never know. I think you should do a panel at British Fest <laughs> on British candy. British candy. <laughs> And I'll be the guy in the audience going, so what's up with Cadbury eggs, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear they taste like crap, but, you know, they always taste like crap. So <laughs> They haven't changed a bit. <laughs> I just I, – I read a little bit about that when everybody was up in arms over that change. And I thought, it didn't really affect me. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Number one, they didn't change the formula in the States. They changed the formula in the UK. Number two, they already tasted like you know what I've been upset about this Easter? I've probably offended a ton of people. <laughs> no, no. I haven't. I didn't. I never looked at Dylan's because I never go to shop at Art Kroger. 
Um, at least Walmart has not carried the Sweet Tarts, Chicks and Eggs, or Chicks and Bunnies and Eggs. I haven't seen them anywhere this year. Yeah. I used to, I love those. Yeah. I've had to substitute them with the star, uh, Sweet Tart Jelly Beans. Not as good. Uh, Man. They're all right, but, eh. I want the, sweet sweet tart should come the, in one size, the, the little roll at Halloween with the mini discs that don't no, no, taste no. like chalk. Spe- that's, speaking no. that's a sweet speaking tart. of the bunnies and eggs, again, perfect ratio yeah, of, of yeah. They, it's, there's something about that shape that and, just and, it's and like, regular sweet tarts are nice, but there's something about the just too small or something, I, and yeah. they don't have the bumps. They don't have the little contours. Yeah. I, I don't know about that part. <laughs> Well, they don't. I just really like that. Kind. I mean, <laughs> we're talking a disc of, compared to a bunny, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like eating a Whopper versus a Robin's egg. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the same thing, except the Robin's egg has a candy coating. Oh, you don't like the Whoppers? No, I like. Well, I don't like Whoppers either. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't like Robin eggs. I don't like <laughs> Robin <laughs> eggs. Or Ma- malted anything is of the devil. <laughs> oh no, I, I like Whoppers. Gross. I'm not a big malt beverage like. A malt shake, I'm not a big fan no. of, but in yeah, a no, in whopper me. form, I'm good with. No, 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 no. no Another the, thing the, I equate to tasting dirt. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's oh, pretty much yeah. it. Because they fool you. They put the chocolate coating on the outside, and you go, ooh, a piece of candy. And then you eat it, and you go, oh, 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 what is this? Like, it's the same thing with a malted shake. You think you're getting a chocolate shake, yeah. and you go, oh, chocolate shake. I love chocolate shake. <laughs> what is in here? Yeah, gross. Yeah. The meanest trick ever is to put out a bowl of... Mounds. Skittles and mix M and M's in. No. Well, that's me too. <laughs> Mounds bites the ones that look like M and M's. Oh, uh-huh. you come along, think it's an M M&M. and M. Nope, it's got coconut in it. <laughs> that would be rude. Too. That is the rudest thing I've ever. Actually, experienced I fell for that. I went I, uh, at, work. at work. At work, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And keep, the worst day of my life. Keep trying to warn me. I came Stay back. away from the candy jar. I came back after already being in the bathroom. Um, because I ate them, and I came back and he said, "Be careful, the M and M's up there because they're not M and M's or mounds." And I went, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> Found that out the hard way. Oh, worst surprise ever! <laughs> oh, I thought I softened that up for you. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> well, since he's got a mouthful of chocolate and caramel, what did you do this week? I've got a bunch of other stuff, but uh, actually, not a lot. A lot of house stuff. Looking still. Still looking. You haven't found anything yet. Closing in on one. Oh. That we like. Uh, I'm not going to say too much. Don't want to jinx Closing it. in, not closing on. There's not a closing difference. on. Okay. Trying to keep it on the DL until we get closer to actually closing and whatnot. We like it quite a bit. I got to thinking last week, and Holly actually brought this up. When we started looking for a house, it's because we were going to have a kid soon. Well, we we still waited until we had the house. We, it wasn't because we were having a kid on the way that we had bought a house. <laughs> Oops, but all we thought, You know, we're at a point where we're ready to have kids, so we should buy a house, and that's what we did. Um, so, well, you know, we're in a one bedroom right now, and we're bursting at the seams as it is. <laughs> so it's either buy a house or rent a bigger place. <laughs> and it's going to about you can't keep to kid the in a storage price. kit shed. So. Yeah. <laughs> he needs more room for his uh, canines and monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. That was the first thing I said. I told Holly, I said, it's, uh, Keith and Sarah are looking for a house. And she goes, oh, they ready to have kids? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's when we started looking for a house. Probably, we decided we were going to have a lot of people do that. Yeah, but a lot we had a two-bedroom apartment when we were deciding to have a kid and decided we didn't want to have a kid <laughs> in an apartment. So. It just Having kids in an apartment just seems mean to your neighbors. 
Adam and Amber did that. They've been at that house for a while, though. Yeah, they got the house, and then they got the kid. A year later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two years later. Well, they had the house for a year, then they started working on a kid. So. Yeah. Phil and Rochelle That's what did we that. did. I think we were, I think our, everybody think we're in our house for a year quicker. before we had Well, yeah, I think they were. Beware of people buying they, houses. I don't know when <laughs> new married couples buying houses. I mean, beware. Beware. <laughs> you say people with kids are something to be aware of? Yeah. Be afraid of? Yeah. <laughs> I had to start a podcast to see you again. <laughs> and I did it cleverly enough to plant the idea in your head to make you think it was your idea. <laughs> Uh, other than house stuff, I've just been watching TV. Um, and uh, I finished season one of Arrow. Oh, Braddy's ahead of me again. <laughs> Where are you at? Still three episodes. Oh, my oh man, it got so good in the last several episodes. That's what I told him when he said he was only three episodes away. Oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not that we... St- we just... So what was the last thing that happened for you? <clears throat> I'm trying to remember I, What page were you on? <laughs> Three episodes ago. I'm um, watching it like in a marathon, so that yeah. doesn't do me nothing. Okay, I so, did that one um, night. <laughs> River Song came and went. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know, Mom. Whatever, we'll, we'll allow. What, what, whatever she is. Alex Kingston. It's uh, weird to see her with straight it hair. It was weird to see her with straight hair. Um, she looked a lot older, too. I, 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 but I think like, maybe they made her up. To spoilers look for anybody I mean, who's not watching the show. She's not young, Tommy went back I think to, they made her up to look older. To Papa Merlin. Okay, and, yeah. and and that whole thing happened, and uh, he didn't get Deadshot. Okay, I think that was the last one we left off on. The yeah, dig, the Diggle, last... Diggle had quit and said, "Fine, screw this." Yeah, I'm okay, and, yeah, yeah. There, there's kind of one more standalone-ish episode, and then it kind of the penultimate and finale kind of go into each other. Or actually, it's all kind of moving forward. A lot of bold stuff that I didn't expect. I mean, I gave it lots of props for the first half of the season, and then I thought it kind of slumped a little bit for um, developments and surprises, but it picked it back up at the end and went full full tilt bar. Now, is Sarah watching with you or just no, you? No, she, she's not. Not enjoying it? Or? She tried and got didn't even get as far as I did the first time around and gave up on it. Just She likes her superheroes to be a bit more fun. He's a bit too dark and broody for I'll her. I'll tell you, season two hits the ground running. Uh, it picks right up where I, I, I can only assume that from this moment, and this from what you've said also, this momentum just driving forward. So, uh, ironically, I've been able to time it out about right, although there's one extra episode in Arrow than there was in Buffy and Angel. Um, I just finished season five, four of, of Buffy and ready to finish season one of Angel. So it's been kind of nice. I've been keeping them all about the same pace. That's good. Yeah. Keeps you from burning out on one. Yeah. Especially if you're mainline. Well, because I'm rotating between all three. I'll watch Buffy, Angel, Arrow. Buffy, Angel, Arrow. Because i got to watch Buffy and Angel in a certain order anyways. And, in fact, I've kind of sacrificed some of the uh, shows that have aired this week, aside from Flash, to uh, to watch it. I'm behind on Helix and But you did Monkeys. watch... Uh... I haven't watched Shield. Agents of Shield. You yet. haven't watched no, it. Yet. We, we no, we didn't have time for it this week. It was pretty uh, good this week. Too. Easter stuff. So we're going to watch it on our own this week. Uh, so I think I the only things I'm behind right now is Gotham and Arrow. I've been one week. I'm st- I didn't watch this week's Arrow yet. So mm. finished reading uh, Pratchett's uh, Color of Magic. It's quite enjoyable. You almost have to read. Uh, what's the next one? Can't remember. 
there's the the two of them. There's Color of Magic, and then well, this one kind White of fantastic. This one, this one, that that sounds right. Uh, this one ended um, cliffhanger ish. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's it it, it kind of it. it it felt like it's, a cliffhanger. It's, yes, but it's not. not a traditional cliffhanger. Right. It's, it's kind of a, oh, well, what happens to him? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. so. if, if you read, I think it's Light Fantastic is the next one. I think you're that, right. That is, I would read it kind of, unless you're planning on going through in order. But That's um, what I'm doing. So I would definitely read it now well, it's before the you second, take a break because it's the, it is kind of right butted up against it. The rest it of is you can this, kind of drop in now. It's but, the second in the Rincewind series. Yeah. So, yeah I, that, that's my plan. I read those two kind of together as one volume and then moved on to other ones. But oh, here we go. It is the light fantastic. The light. Yeah. Though. Okay. And then after that's equal. Look rights. at me. I remembered something. And then Mort, <laughs> which I think I've read Mort because I remember death being predominant in that one. And that's who yeah, Mort's that death's kid, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Don't tell me. I can't remember. Spoilers. It's been, nah, it's on the cover. been 20 some years <laughs> since I read it. It's on the cover. Oh, okay. No. Oh, wait. No, I do know who Mort is. Yes. No, uh, there's a there's it's it's alluded to in this in uh, color magic and I believe you're right. Yeah, it's on the cover. Oh, uh, we watched Thor: Dark World last night for oh. Marvel with friends. <laughs> I've given up. I told you I'll watch Guardians of the Galaxy. So when that one's up in two weeks, though. Three weeks. No, Three four weeks because we got Winter Soldier next. Oh, we do have Winter Soldier. I might watch that one. That's such a good one. Oh, if it's in four weeks. No, no, four weeks is good. It's, yeah, it's basically the Saturday, the second, the day after Age of Ultron comes out. It's after? Oh, we, yeah, we, we just missed couldn't quite that, didn't we? Just oh. barely. Well, oh, well, it's Age of Ultron's not going to tie in too much to Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I don't think, you so. know what? I probably won't be joining because I think Saturday's when uh, Caitlin and I are going to go see Age of Ultron. So mm. we'll yeah, be, I don't know when we're we'll going to be actually watching that one. I'll be tweeting along to that, <laughs> spoiling everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from Twitter. <laughs> I'm totally taking my phone into episode seven. <laughs> I can't believe that Darth Vader is Luke's father. That's one thing that the Spoilers. girls are talking about doing next ahead of episode seven is friends with Star Wars. Do we still get to call it episode seven since they're not Star calling Wars it episode seven? Friends. Star Wars with friends. Friends with Star Wars. <laughs> We're already friends with Star Wars. That's, We're yes, on a first are. name basis. <laughs> <laughs> The, the hard part is this. I call her Star. <laughs> the hard part is this uh, syncing up copies, making sure everyone has the same edition. <laughs> Blu-ray to DVD to. Then you guys you have know, to decide if you're doing machete. Are we going to do machete order? order? <laughs> if you're doing that, I'm straight out. I don't. I don't subscribe to that. I watched. It's Inter- a cool idea. <laughs> I watched Interstellar this week. What do you think? Um, really liked it. I'm not sure what I thought of the end of the movie. But <laughs> <That> <laughs> I think that's kind everybody's of you and everybody else. It's um, it, that's just it because it, it starts out as this really incredible science fiction concept, and then it gets Chris Nullified at the <laughs> end, and so uh, it was a little like Inception. The, the, the plots are nothing like each other, but it's in that 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 frame of at the end, Nolan really gets his mind wrapping. Abilities going, and it's like, eh, all right. No. Uh, it, I didn't hate the ending. I it was it was a fine ending. I think it was really kind of the only way you could end it. Uh, and by ending, I mean like the last twenty minutes of film. But um, yeah, you've seen it now, right? Too. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 yeah, it's quite enjoyable. I really liked all of the 
setup and the exploration and the science the space, of it even the, space stuff was incredible. the science even and of it really is believable you know and it's well, really emotional and didn't neil degrasse tyson say it was the most realistic depictions of space in movies we've seen i believe like so black holes in and- theory <laughs> To date. To date. <laughs> that we're aware of. In Until we learn more about science. There's still all theories, but yeah. <laughs> we no. thought raptors didn't At least it was the closest to what... Do. Let's put it this way. It's the closest to what scientists have theorized. Let's yeah. put that out. Put out. Raise the Titanic was the most accurate depiction of the shipwreck until we found it. <laughs> God, that movie sucked. <laughs> anyway, really good. Really good. Enjoyed it. Did you watch anything? Um. Yeah. Um. I made Mel sit down because uh, she was not feeling good. Uh, so you subjected her to something. Yeah, I did. <laughs> You're not feeling good. Watch this. Was, was it Friday? Well, this won't make you feel any better. But here, no Monday. It doesn't matter what day you Wednesday. watched it. I don't know. I was Sean, off. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what day. Nobody cares Nobody what cares. day you watched it. They care that you watched it. So we, let's we, talk about she, that. She, she, she was homesick from work um, and had just not been feeling good and was um, just blah. The next day. <laughs> for some reason, I don't know. This is why I'm counting. Because it wasn't the day that she stayed home from work that we watched it. But I was off. And those never sync up. So I don't know what it was. But anyway. So um, I'd kind of had a hankering, and I told her this, I don't know, three or four days prior to, and she says, well, do you want to watch You want to watch that? And I was like, yeah, I can't make you feel any worse. Um, <laughs> so we watched Star Trek V. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which we'd skipped when we did our oh, lead really? up to... Oh, really? I didn't realize you we, skipped yeah, it. Yeah, because we were kind of running short on time when uh, Abrams' first yeah. one came out, and we went through, because we watched all three seasons of the original series... And all the animated stuff, and then watched the movies. But we watched, I, I, we kind of skipped through most of one. I got her to watch the important parts and said, We'll come back to this one at a later date when you can really focus on how pretty it is and not pay attention to the plot. <laughs> and then we watched two, three, four. We skipped five and watched six. Mm. And we just never really got back around to watching it. And it's kind of one of those movies that I'm like, eh, every decade or so, I'll pop in Star Trek V and sit down and go, This really isn't nearly as bad as everybody no, makes no, it no, out no. to be. And that was exactly the reaction I had to it this time. It was like, as a piece of late 80s science fiction, <laughs> it's not bad. It's not good Star Trek, but it's not well, bad. If you're going to give one to Shatner to direct, that's the one you give me <laughs> Well, and it's frustrating, too, because I can see so many things. But I, I had such high ideas. I know. I, I know where this went wrong. It was very high you know? It just didn't, it it just didn't translate well. And it's, it's frustrating, because it's like, I, you know... I could go on and on about the poor special effects or this. And the reshoots that don't match up the hair lengths. Yeah. It just, but it it, it was, dude, swing for the fences. I, you know, you got to admire that. So we watched that and then um, we, I made her watch The Sound of Music. She had never seen it? She had never seen The Sound of Music. What'd she think? Uh, She was pretty blown away by it. And there's nothing like what she thought it was going to be about. I was like, what do you think it was going to be about? She says, I don't know, but I've avoided it. Like actively avoided it for, for, for years because I didn't know what it was about. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, okay, cool. And we watched it in Glorious Blu-ray, which was pretty. And I love that movie. I know it's like, I don't know, an hour too long. I don't care. I don't (laughs) think it's, I don't think it's, a lot of people say that. They say, oh, it's just too, too long. I, I. 
There's nothing I that I, I would cut, cut from yeah, that that's movie. Just it. Yeah. I, I agree with if them, I watch a feel, movie, it feels too long. Yeah, but I don't know what I would cut out of it. That's just it, though. If I watch a movie and I don't see anything I can cut, then I don't feel like it was it was then too, it's long. Not too long. Yeah, I don't know. If it doesn't feel padded, there's. It's not like Titanic where I would have cut the first three quarters of the film and just started from the ship sinking, but. <laughs> <laughs> Philistine. <laughs> but uh, well, there's a lot of stuff I could have cut out of Avatar. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a Cameron movie that I wouldn't I cut. I'll give you Terminator. a Cameron movie I that wouldn't I wouldn't Terminator cut. At all. The Abyss. I would not cut anything out of the Abyss. The, regular, the theatrical or the special edition? Special edition even too. In fact, uh, I watched the special edition going, well, you know, what more can you do with it? And went, oh, okay. There, you can, there, more. <laughs> there is more you can do with it. <laughs> That's still my favorite movie of all time. But um, yeah, so you know, we did that. We finished. Uh, we fin- she finished. She's really enjoying Archer. We finished season mm-hmm. two of Archer. Um, so but you're it, going back and rewatching it. I'm going back and rewatching it because she she caught a couple of episodes as I was finishing my run up through the end of season four, mm-hmm. and she kind of got hooked. I was like, "What is this show that you're watching?" So I went back and we've been watching um, those. But those are a little bit easier to sneak in because they're only twenty minutes. Oh yeah, you know, we can. Yeah. Hey, we're eating dinner. Let's pop one of those in and we'll you know finish it. Any, anything longer than that, we kind of have to devote some time to. Like Sound of Music. Oh, you're homesick. Here. <laughs> you're watching this today. But um, that was really all I did. I, I got sick. I was sick of work Friday night. and I was Sick of work? Well. Sick of and that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, Friday night. I got to go home. I'm sick of work. I'm sick at work. Sorry. <laughs> felt myself getting sick, and I was out of it most of Saturday, which really sucked. Uh, we had our Easter was, sale this weekend. So it was is that why this, you uh, skipped out on Friday night? Who? Yeah. I didn't get home until just before midnight. I went straight to bed. No. I just, yeah. blah. So um, I'm just now kind of getting to the point where I'm feeling a little better. So I uh, started reading Neil Perriman's The Miserable Git, Adventures with the Wife, Volume 1, which is the – it just actually just came out this week. It's the it's the blog, and it's basically Volume 1 is the Hartnell years. And I had read a lot of the blog when it first started, or, or from the beginning. I think, I think I was reading probably about a year into it, but, or maybe nah. – I don't even sure whether a year or gone. I started reading it, but it was I remember coming to a story I hadn't seen and deciding, well, maybe I'll hold off until I see it, and then <laughs> never went back to it. And of course then I as I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, I went I read uh, The Wife in Space. Yeah. And um which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And The Wife in Space, which we talked a little bit last time, but it it's framed around the blog. So there's the lead up to the years that he did the blog with just little snippets of the blog, but he talks about kind of, it's kind of a behind the scenes of what was going on, what was happening. Talks about his wife finally going to a convention, that kind of things. And then, then tips off by where they're kind of at now, which is they're done with that, with the blog, but they're, I think they're looking at some doing something else. So they're done with all who right now too, or did they've, they just, yeah, they're, do, they've caught up. They with went who, through everything. Yeah. Uh, they, well, I, I'll, I'll amend that here in a minute, but um, the, the cool thing about the, him releasing the first, volume is there are it's essentially the blog in book form but he's also has extras because they went back when they when galaxy 4 was found and released and they watched the episode that was missing from that because they they did this with recons and everything and there are other things that once you get to the end of a entry he has some notes saying you know we have now done this click here go to or to go to extras and you can actually go to the extras which i'm saving all the extras for the end I'm, i'm reading it linearly but you can actually go to the extras and read 
and some so stuff that like was not and stuff. yeah, and yeah. it's stuff that's not included in the blog. So, so I started that's reading it. Well, actually, I picked it up and was going, oh, I, I never got through this blog. I can't remember why I I quit. And I got to reading, and I got up to the massacre. It's funny enough, I got way up to the massacre <laughs> and realized I finally hit a story I haven't seen. <laughs> And then I went, oh, this is why I quit reading the blog, because <laughs> I think I got to Web Planet or something. And so I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I don't want to spoil myself. Recon. So <laughs> I have now watched The Massacre <laughs> in Recon, so I watched that. And then I'm not going to give you a review, because we'll obviously will do that one of these days. Um, but I got past that, and then after that is The Ark. So then I read that entry, and then I got to The Celestial Toymaker, and I went, oh. I've only seen pieces of this. I don't want to spoil it. So <laughs> I went and watched the Celestial Toymaker and then read that entry. And then I think I got – maybe there was one more and then I'm, I've, I've hit a roadblock again and I'm trying to decide. I think I've only got three now, two two or three Hartnells that I haven't seen now. Oh, wow. Out of everything. I mean, I think, I'm thinking it's two now that I haven't seen. I think Smugglers might be one and I can't – Is that one available? It's none of these. None of the ones that I haven't seen. I've seen everything that is available. Okay. That is that is exists. I don't know for some reason I thought that one was. But um, no. So I, I've gotten to another parts one. Parts of that one are missing. <clears throat> yeah, all, yeah. All, everything that 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 I haven't seen is completely not no. available. Yeah. In fact, I don't think there's any Hartnell now that they did, that they have. Well, I guess the Crusade has two stories and two that are missing. So they do still have some that can be animated. But anyway, I, I got to that point and went. Okay, I don't know what to do. So I'm 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 in this gray area. I don't know that I want to watch two more recons, <laughs> but I want to read. I want to finish reading this book, and I'm sixty eight percent. So I again, I, I've got a lot of hard work that, that I have seen. Um, I don't remember because I'm sixty eight percent because that's what Kindle does. Because <laughs> I bought the Kindle book, and so I, too, I'll I'll likely pretty spoiler heavy. It's it funny because at, well, it's it is spoiler heavy. But interestingly enough, it's it's things that I know about it. No, just knowing as much about these stories, I haven't seen. There wasn't a lot of surprises, but it was another one of those things that, as I had read her them watching things that I had seen, I was associating with them and remembering specifics about mm-hmm. them and things like that. And I didn't want to get to something where I didn't know a lot about it, or mm-hmm. at least enough about it. And so it's been. It's been. I imagine that would suck a lot of the enjoyment of reading it out of. Yeah, the, it's been know, enjoyment. It's been to enjoyable it to read it, knowing what she's going through and what they're talking yeah. about, and the references and things like that. So, while it's not necessarily spoiler heavy, because I mean, an entry is probably only about six to ten pages. Yeah. is all, um, because they do. Anyway, with the exception of like Dalek Master Plan, which was a big chunk, <laughs> but luckily I had done that one. Um, and also, when they're, they're when they're talking about them, they're they're talking about the recons because they did it with recons yeah. with the ones that were missing. They just they plowed through the loose cannon recons, and so I want to I want to have experienced it before I read those entries. And yeah. so, I guess I'll let you guys know if I what I did, <laughs> whether I plowed through <laughs> and just went ahead and said I'm going to just read these entries and then I'll go back and watch and get the retro reaction, or if I watch you could the recons just first. Skip over those entries. That's true. I could, but. They allude back to a lot of things oh, like okay. this is like this or that you know. Yeah. So, no, I, I don't know that I want to do that. Anyway, so that's that was another thing I did this week was I watched two Doctor Who <laughs> stories that I had never seen. So, 
then the last thing was, or the last thing I did this week, and then we'll move on to news if you guys don't have anything else, is uh, yesterday we, we celebrate, finally celebrated Mason's birthday party proper with, with our family. Uh, so uh, his grandpa Harbaugh came over, my folks came over, Karen and her kids came over. Uh, Holly's sister was sick, so they couldn't come over from Kansas City. But um, open presents, had cake. We made a, we did an Easter theme since it was Easter was really weekend. Cute. So, and then uh, today we went over and had Easter um, dinner with my parents, or Easter lunch with my parents. So, <laughs> so that reminds me, um, Happy Zombie Jesus Day. Happy Zombie Jesus happy Day. Zombie Jesus Day. Actually, not anymore. It's now after midnight. So. Which brings me up to a question. We joke, zombie, John, zombie Jesus Day. Sarah wouldn't let me wear my zombie doctor shirt. <laughs> Does anybody know, is there a, a legit zombie Jesus movie? I do not know. I don't think so. Because I think there should be. <laughs> I, th- I think there needs to be a movie where Jesus rises wasn't, from the grave, wait, comes out of the crypt, and wasn't begins it to called, feast on wait, the apostles' No, 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 no. Wasn't it called the greatest, movie, the greatest story ever told? That zombie <laughs> Jesus? With brains. <laughs> there weren't any brains. I think there should be a zombie <laughs> Jesus movie. If we're going to be sacrilegious about it, let's go. Let's just <laughs> go full tilt. Yeah. Go large or go home. See, I won't go that far because I think if you subscribe, <laughs> if you subscribe to the idea that Jesus rose from the dead, which is perfectly fine if that's what you believe, I don't believe that he went around eating brains. But I think you can still qualify him as a zombie because he did rise from the dead. So I don't see anywhere where it says the definition of zombie is that they return from the dead and they eat brains. I don't see that anywhere. I see the definition of the zombie is rising from the dead. I think that qualifies Jesus as a zombie. That's why they crucified him. Because he was eating brains? He was eating brains. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> you know, the Bible doesn't say I thought that. I was going to be the one offending people this week. I don't think. I, I'm, I'm not after after you went there with Cadbury, I figured it's fair game. I, could... <laughs> I just think we should, you know... Apostle Peter locked and loaded, going after him. No. So, uh, <laughs> anything else you guys do this week? <laughs> oh, you know, Easter stuff. It can't make less money than snakes on a plane. Come on. <laughs> oh, it could. <laughs> it yeah. might get more uproar than uh, the Passion of the Christ. Abraham Lincoln. Band. Or no, no. What was the other? What was the one that had the uh, uh, saving Christmas? last temptation of Jesus last Christ? Was the oh, one that had yeah. the, the big the one that had a lot of controversy. Yeah. You, you think Jesus having sex was a big deal to get up for? <laughs> Jesus eating brains might actually cause more of a stink. Don't go there. <laughs> I'm just saying that there maybe there should be. That's all I'm, all I'm going to say. Did you guys do any Easter stuff? Um, I worked. You worked? I went, yeah, I went back to work today. They did, a, they did a big Easter egg hunt. Apparently parks are big Easter eggs. This is what happens when you have houses and children. You can't go to the parks on Easter, apparently, yeah, because Saturday was a big day. They, they, everybody goes out to the park. To hide Mason Easter got eggs. invited by at least three kids to go to that Easter thing at the park, and we were having a birthday for him, so we couldn't do it. All right, let's move on to news. News. First up in news, the BBC have announced a guest star for next season. And normally we don't really talk about the guest stars too much unless they're familiar to us. And this one is. It's Maisie Williams. And those who do not know, that's Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. She's going to be in... uh, Spoilers. She was. 
Arya. Oh, she still Arya. She is still is. She's still alive. <laughs> He's one of the of few Game Starks of still alive. Yeah, <laughs> Have you got to that episode where they killed that guy? One of the few. Uh, there's not a lot of Starks left. It's been, it's been. This is the longest I've gone between watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is it. This, I'm finally where everybody else is. With the rest. This of is us. the longest stint I have gone. Welcome to the wilderness. Years. <laughs> yeah, and Months. it's it was ex, it was an excruciating year because <laughs> because I I caught up in season four and then <laughs> I had to wait like the rest of us. <clears throat> I don't know if she's going to be a part of these episodes. They're not saying which episode she's in, but they do have more story details on two episodes uh, written by Jamie Matheson and Stephen Moffat. So, did, did it was we, kind of the other big news. And <laughs> Jamie Matheson's coming and, back. And yeah. one written by Catherine Tregena. So we're getting a female writer back on the show now. Which episode titles, I don't know if you guys want to hear them. But did we talk about the first two titles that are out? I think we did. Yeah, okay. at least the first one. I don't did we talk about how eerily related they are? The Magician's Apprentice. It's a two-parter. And the Witch is familiar, familiar, which kind of can go hand-in-hand hand as being the same thing on opposite sides. Yeah. Because the Magician's Apprentice is, is basically his... Familiar. Uh, well, his well his apprentice, because his, a Witch is Familiar sidekick. usually is a a um, a soul or an am, animal that yeah. is, is tangible to... Not tangible. Um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Uh, related. Related. Well, <laughs> tied in. Tied to. Yeah, tied to. So Enjoying. it didn't really occur to me until I was looking at those titles this week, and I went, "That's kind of the yin and yang there." So yeah, it's well. You Muffet, say Muffet, Muffet, and, and, and Muffet has said that next season there's going to be more two parters than normal. Uh, and because we know really that the Missy's coming back. Right. Right. Yeah. Yin and yang so is, does yeah. that mean Missy's going to have a companion? That's why I wonder. Ooh, because the magician's assistant or magician's apprentice kind of alludes to the doctor and a companion. So is the witch's familiar the master or the mistress and her companion? <gasps> Which I saw a meme this week that I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right, and now it's spoiled me because there's a meme where Missy is saying, "Well, I couldn't uh, continue to call myself master after all." And it's got a shot of Peter Capaldi going, yeah, your degree didn't change, <laughs> just your sex. <laughs> because he's a doctor, that means he's got his doctorate. She's the master, she so she has her master's. So you don't change it to mistress. <laughs> you still have your master's. It's because you have a degree. different sex. You're not. You still have your master's. You're right. It's true. I think so. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Uh, but the two episodes... The whole thing falls apart for me now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. That's, that's assuming it's based off of uh, Don't think me, me. Think of whoever came up with that. Think whoever came up with that meme. You guys want to know the episode titles? Yeah. I thought you were going there. Oh, the Girl Who Died and The Woman Who Lived. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. The two All that right. go together. Well, so I'm assuming... I'm, or I'm, well, I'm it's a, a two-parter. The news came out with Maisie Williams, so I'm not sure if she's in those stories. Is that mean Rivers coming back? I hope not. I think she's fine. Done. Well, the, the woman who dies, and the maybe that means we're getting another Time Lord. Did you hear the uh, maybe Maisie's the Time Lord, maybe or Time Lady wrong. rather? Did, did, did you hear the the oh, uh, episode five cool. and six titles? Were the episodes we lost and the ones we found? <laughs> <laughs> so Maisie William, Williams guest starring. Is that her story? Is that what she's I'd, in? That's the title. We think it is. We think oh, it is. Okay. It came out at the same time. 
Uh, other news. Soon, BBC Worldwide has, uh, is going to release episodes where you can BitTorrent them legally. Ten of them. Ten episodes. And you can pay 12 bucks for the ten episodes. No, you get the ten episodes for free. You can pay 12 bucks, 12 bucks after that to get more. Mm, I, don't think so. I don't think that's how that works. Just to celebrate the a, 10 years a, since a the series preview. reboot, the file sharing network will be offering a 10 story box set featuring specially selected highlights from the modern era of Doctor Who for $12. That's different than what I'd read then. That doesn't make it as cool then. Nope. Because it's, what it's, I had read, and, and, and I'm not source. saying what your source is, is, is wrong because you've got probably a better source than I had. What I understood was you got 10 for free, and it was a sample pack, essentially. And then if you wanted more, then you paid 12 bucks, and you could get more, like another pack, essentially. And that that's how the – I mean, obviously the, the root of this is is that BitTorn is, is really trying to legitimize itself, which it's, it's, it has always been trying to do from the beginning. BitTorrent was not created to file, share, and pirate uh, videos that were, you know, not that the, the, it wasn't meant to make them available to people for free to get pilot f- movies. BitTorrenting was software that was created so that people could m- share on multiple levels at the same time and on multiple and platforms. basically carry the uh, the weight of downloading files and making <coughs> them easier to access and quicker to access. Um, unfortunately. The people that were savvy to that fi- that type of transfer were sharing files that were pirated yeah. or illegal or not paid for. I'm trying to pull it up. My uh, it's been torrent. It's, 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 I've always defended the idea of torrent access. I think that's a that's a, a brilliant way, a brilliant delivery system, which I think is the next step in delivery. The problem with it is is that it got tainted by the pirated industry. So mm-hmm. well the twelve episodes or the ten episodes that you can get are Rose, Empty Child Doctor Dances, Girl in the Fireplace, Blink, End of Time, Vampires of Venice, The Doctor's Wife, Rings of Akaten, The Day of the Doctor, and Listen. So there's there is a free version. I'm, I'm on the BitTorrent bundle site right now. Uh-huh. Um, looks like there's a free version. You get two video files. It doesn't say which ones, though. A Decade of Doctor Who and a Rose Preview. And then, for $12, you get the episodes. So, I wonder if the... Because I didn't see it from BitTorrent itself, I saw another site reporting it. I wonder if they got it. The guy got famous. Got the story confused. They might have. Yeah. Might have assumed it was free because it's BitTorrent. So I'm not sure what a decade of Doctor Who is. That sounds kind of neat. Probably a retrospective Doctor Who revisited style uh, special. Well, it says um, standard files, free, two free files, 19 premium video files, and more. You can download that now, or you can order the premium files, which is twelve dollars to free. Uh, oh, that one's grayed out. That's why. Okay, that makes sense. Nineteen premium if you pay the twelve dollars. Yeah. 
So kind of a unique idea on how they're approaching distributing uh, the show. So yeah, be interesting yeah. to see how what happens more with it, and if they do more with it. I think the the, the strange thing to me is that they're, and maybe this is to give people a sample, but it's they're they're splitting them up strangely because yeah. you're getting kind of a sampling from. Well, Five seasons of Doctor Who, or uh, nine seasons of Doctor, eight seasons, I suppose, of yeah. Doctor Who. Whereas, if somebody picked up Rose, I would think that they would want to go right on to the end of the world, which is not part of this bundle. Yeah. You, you well, skip it, right on. It almost to seems like they're kind of child Doctor Dance picking some of the better. Um, it's it's <clears throat> on the whole, you, you, you look at the balance of the episodes, and it's it's more very, good ones than bad. Yeah, oh well, yeah, it's very that's, Moffat. That's the idea. It's also very Moffat heavy because it's Rose, Empty Child, Doctor Dances, Girl in the Fireplace, as you were saying, Blink. Those are probably the best. It's interesting that there's so few tenant the first episodes. season. I, what I think is weird is that they put End of Time Part One and Two in there, which were to me a couple of stinkers, but in uh-huh. Vampires of Venice. That's the low point of the bundle. Yeah, but the doctor's <laughs> wife's good. Rings of Acton, you could... Some people didn't like you that. You could argue that because that of... one's so polary, polared. Polarizing. Polarizing, there you go. Polared. 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 Like a, the bear, like, it's polared. I, like I thought it was like the uh, camera where you had to shake the photos in order for it to develop. <laughs> oh, that's Polaroid. Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> but you do get Day of the Doctor in this bundle, so... Yeah. Anyway, I think that's cool. I think it's a great idea, and listen it'll be interesting list, to see right? how it goes. And listen. Which has been nominated for a Hugo. Listen is on there. That's our next bit of news. Ooh. Listen has been nominated for a 2015 Hugo Award. Congratulations! Yay. I think we all came down on the side of Listen being such a strong episode that of season eight. That's probably... I'm okay with that one winning, <laughs> if it wins. It was written well too, which I think is a important for a Hugo. I think it yeah it focuses mostly on writing, so I think that's that was a good choice. And uh, the last two years, Doctor Who has not won a Hugo, so it'll be has it ever won a Hugo? Uh, this article this just says the last two years. It says the last two years. <clears throat> other shows nominated include Game of Thrones, which has triumphed at the awards in the previous two years. Huh. So Game of Thrones is nominated again. Who knows if it'll win? Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think season four. While I, I thoroughly enjoyed season four of Game of Thrones, I think it's been so far the weakest as far as storytelling goes. It depends, There's a yeah. lot of if you if you picked an individual story and said this story was excellently written. I think the storylines have been written really well See, because there's a lot of developments. There's a lot of things are happening. But I don't think I could narrow down and say this was one really, really good well, story. Well, yeah, because all of season three, everyone pointed to was the Red Wedding. Right. That was so. every, uh, anything that was nominated for, that's what it was. Yeah. And it's almost getting to a point kind of like Lost where you – typically when they go for nominations, they pull out an episode and you watch just that episode. And so without any context around it, you're completely lost. And so uh, that's why a lot of times the more serialized shows don't get nominated because these are people that are watching it regularly. Hugo's a little different because they're fans more than right, right. Uh, Emmy or anything else. But that tends to be the issue. Anything with Oberon. Yeah, he was really – I like him. He was a good part of it. Yeah. That's a, again, though, the story – his storyline was so well written. Yeah. But I couldn't but point one to one particular episode, individual yeah. episode that, unlike 
years past where I would I would go that was just an incredible episode. <clears throat> no, our I, last, I get you. What's our last bit of news? Our last bit of news and recently in Doctor Who magazine, uh Moffat says that revived Who to last fifteen years minimum. So we're gonna get at least another five more years out of Who according to Moffat. Um he points to the fact that the ratings have been the same pretty much throughout across the board since the show came back. It hasn't gotten a dip that shows normally do. And in fact, when Moffat took over, BBC said to him, expect the ratings to go down. Cause that's or we expect the ratings to go down. And it didn't. And in fact, it's gotten bigger internationally since then. That's going to make you feel good, doesn't it? When you take over and you're like, hey, I'm the new boss, I'm the new thing, this is, and, the, and your boss comes to you and goes, we expect you to not do as well. <laughs> we expect the ratings to take a dive. Well, <laughs> I tell you, though, I, and, and not to sully the show at, at all because I think it's still being written really well, I think that, that the problem – or not the problem. I think what's helped is that they have expanded to more international markets. They have done – event television they have done uh very good marketing of the series and i think that certainly helps that on the back end of it you're promoting it well and i think that 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 works in its favor he goes on moffat goes on to say i thought it would last 10 years i didn't think it would last 10 years with the bbc worldwide trying to get me in a room to talk about their plan for the next five years (laughs) so it's going to do a minimum of 15 i mean it could do 26 that's not to say it's easy it's not easy to find new people to the fact of him leaving at some point. Uh, it's not easy to find new doctors. That could be the danger. You start to think that's easy. There's nothing easy about doing Doctor Who. So if the, sh- if the BBC gets complacent about doing the show or trying to make it easy is when the show could run into trouble. That's true. That makes sense. Because from Moffat's standpoint, he's always trying to one-up his own stories. He's always trying you to have to improve. set that bar higher yeah. every time. Yeah. And I think this year is the first year that I've heard a lot of people argue that Doctor Who got a little stale, which I, I never thought that the series not, uh, series eight was stale. Oh, it was but probably the freshest it's been since. I don't know that it's as freshest, but yeah. I mean, it, it, they, they certainly did things that were quite different, but there were a lot of people that were on the other side of that opinion. Well, I guess that if you don't like the was, different things they did. That, I, th- I think that's what it boils down to. The people that didn't like Series people that didn't 8 like were the ones that, and I've been guilty of this, saying, well, it doesn't feel like Doctor Who anymore. And <laughs> That means it's not stale. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree. Feeling like Doctor Who would be stale. Feeling like it went back to RTD, or if it was stayed in the RTD era the whole time, that would be stale. Yeah. So maybe stale is not the right word. I don't know. It's it, when you when you look at it as a ten year entity, you kind of almost have to. Okay, so we we brought it back, huge success, and we kind of rode that crest. You know, we we, we, we Doctor Who's back, yay! Introduced David Tennant, yay! And then three years, and then you know the event stuff, and then David Tennant leaves, and RTD leaves, and everything, and everybody's kind of like, <gasps> and you hold your breath, is because what's going to happen? We get Matt Smith, we get Stephen Moffat, and it, everything. Oh, okay, yay! And where there would be that perceived dip, I can see from the BBC's 
thinking that the, if you're going to if you're going over. to lose it, you're going to lose it in that handover at the four or five year mark because now all of a sudden, well, it's been five years and, and it's, a new it's not fresh. And well, it's, that's you know, just I, th- I think they approach so it I can see where they're new doctor. well right. new doctor and new showrunner. Yeah, so that that they had two strikes against it, about potential it. strikes against. But it, I, th- I think a the, I think the magic of Matt Smith. I think I can say that. And B, then suddenly we're really kind of starting to run up into the 50th. That, that it starts there with, you know, uh-huh. the, the, the forward planning. And so you've kind of got that momentum to carry through. But now we're on the other side of the 50th. So now I can understand why, well, maybe they're, at least on Moffat's end, that where do you do for your encore? How, 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 how do you, do you follow oh, up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. How do you top that? And with BBC coming saying, oh, we've got another five years and it's easy. And it's like, oh, well, and okay. That's <laughs> just it. The BBC is looking at the numbers from last year going, oh, we want to sustain this, so yeah. let's put it out for five years. Well, Moffat probably looks at it realistically going, just as you said, I had the ramp up. I had the, the pre-planning. I'm I had, surprised he didn't I'm have building the into the 50th. At the 50th and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, then, and then to keep it on that plateau because for Series then you, 8. Because yeah. it really is doing as well as it was doing with Matt Smith. Yeah. Um, I think the people yeah. I mean, the, that are – I think the ratings I think the that I've are, seen, the numbers are down a little bit compared to some of the Matt Smith episodes, but they've not dropped. They've not dropped because, below anywhere where they've been at because, through the entire run. That's because of that small audience of people that got turned off by it. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. so that tells you, you – know, you hear a lot about how, well – this is the death knell for Doctor Who. It's not as good, you know. Peter Capaldi is not Peter Capaldi is not a good Doctor. Blah blah. blah. You hear that, but it's because of the most vocal. And so it seems to be half a fandom complaining. But back. when you boil it down, it's not half. It's not even close to a sixteenth of fandom oh, yeah. complaining. And so. And really, I've seen even online a lot of love for Capaldi more yeah. than hate. Yeah. Now I think I've noticed that too. In the beginning, it seemed to be about half and half, and now, which probably because those people have left altogether, <laughs> now I see a lot of praise yeah. for Capaldi. So. And it helps that he's such a outside of the show. He's as such an ambassador yeah. for the program. Yeah. Well, just surprising those kids at the experience That's in the best character. Video I've seen this week. Yeah. yeah, it's just so. That's it for news, though. Let's move on to feedback, then. No, we got one more bit. Oh, yeah. Do we have a tip? I didn't bring one. So. Yes, we have oh, a good. tip. <laughs> Eric's still supplying us tips. All right. Well, then, let's do our Doctor Who. Tip of the week. You didn't say legacy. <laughs> it's just a Doctor Who tip of the week this oh. week. <laughs> Should we start over? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. I'm going to echo both of those. No, nah, I won't echo the first one. Because it's just a Doctor Who tip. Well, we'll see. <laughs> You're going to have to cut that out now because people, <laughs> people have to know that I can do that on command. <laughs> they can't think it's done in post. Uh, this uh, I've ruined the magic. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Uh, the tip comes from Eric again. And he says this comes from Addy, A-D-I. When you pick up a gem... That's, for anybody who doesn't know, that's Adipose. the Adipose, which does the Twitch channel, uh, Adipose TV. When you pick up a gem to move around the board, try to pick up the one that you don't intend to match. This will force you to see it primarily as a tool for making as many matches as possible in a turn. Hmm. That's your Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. I'll have to try that. I've done that accidentally. <laughs> oh, no, that's I mean, not the one I wanted to do. <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever picked it up and started rolling and then realized you grabbed the wrong one? 
No. No? <laughs> Boy, I have. I've gotten halfway through a movie and gone, what is this color? And then I, I run out of time because it's like... The only time that has happened to me, and I'm playing on an iPad 2. I think you an iPad 2. I have 2, two but, yeah. but I've got an iPad 2. In there for a little while. Oh, so you mean? Not, not to... Well, yeah. An actual number 2. iPad number 2. No, it's iPad. Okay. iPad 2. It's the number and 2 bigger than it's there iPad for a while, I, I. There for a while. <laughs> if, a I, if I played more than 20 minutes, it would get all glitchy and it'd start... Oh. Having a hard time catching up. And the only time I would ever miss grab a gym is if I didn't restart the program. And I'd put my finger there, and it was such delayed reaction that I'd already be moving. And it didn't react until I grabbed the ne- – until it, my finger hovered over the next gym. <laughs> and so I would have the wrong one. But, That's if you, you know, since the last two – since No, I always shut well, everything down. I yeah. No, just in general, you need some memory. Well, the last two – no, I actually don't because I still have about two gig available so, of, of free – no, it just it was it was the, the the game was getting very processor hog, and they have fixed that in the, in the last yeah, two patches. Yeah, that's true. So, the last two software yeah, updates I, have really put. Now, up. if I'll play, you know, an hour or more, then yeah, I, I start to notice it. And when, just when I, of course, I got so used to that in the early days <laughs> that I would just as soon as I noticed it, I would just reboot the app. Now, when I get like an hour, an hour and a half into it, I realize it's starting to do it, and I reboot it. So I don't know how bad it is now, but it's certainly a much improved. Mm-hmm. Um, that used to be my, my timekeeper, is I would play until it got glitchy and then realize, oh, well, it must be time to stop playing Doctor <laughs> Legacy for the day because I got sucked into this thing for another I, hour. I wouldn't get anything done if I did it back in that day because it was only like 20 minutes of gameplay. And I was like, well, I set aside an hour for gameplay. <laughs> How are you guys doing on uh, Bigger on the Inside? Honestly, I haven't gotten back to it. I played a Me level. Either. I played a level on Tuesday, and I just – I. I've been farming. logging in to get my bonuses, and that's about it for now. I I don't want to sound like I got burned out on it, but I played so much well, and so heavy. Well, you've to a point where you yeah, much but left. I mean, now that there's new content, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's just when I pick up my iPad, I've had so much other stuff that I'm doing that I just I see it sitting there going, oh, I really want to play that, but if I get in sucked into it, I'll you know, have to set aside an hour, and I just don't want to do that right now. So I tend to be picking up the computer slash tablet and... Playing with that more than my phone now. Mm. So, well, shall we move on to feedback? Did we do feedback already? Oh, no, <laughs> you tried to. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Let's do feedback. Our first bit of feedback comes from Holly. Holly writes: "The Return of the Master." Hey guys, the Mind of Evil. Have to say, I enjoyed this one. Nice getting back to unit. Loved the doctor's wave to the security camera when he and Joe arrived to be where the Keller experiment was taking place. Also, the doctor's running commentary to Joe during Kellerling's presentation had me chuckling. The Brig also got a sixth sense when it comes to people lying to him. He could tell right away something wasn't on the up and up with Chin Lee's story. Nice to see the return of the Venusian Aikido. And it was sad to see that it was used on Yates, but it was needed at the time. <laughs> The Brig went through a lot in this episode with Benton and Yates. I was shaking my head at the candy-striped tent the Master was using to do what he needed before he decided to take out a less inconspicuous black car. The thought of, yeah, you blend, was coming into my mind when I saw that tent. (laughs) Yes, someone has recently watched my cousin Vidi in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you blend. That's what, okay, got it. 
You know, it's funny because I thought the same thing. You know, I'll be on the lookout for anything inconspicuous. And Benton goes running off. It's like, look in the tent, man. Look, there's a, there's a circus parked on this. You didn't. And then this, the guy went in. I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're all utility workers use big strike something tents over that, there. Something about that. The first time that I watched this, I thought the same thing. I thought, that's kind of obvious. And then I sort of, this viewing, I thought, that must be standard. Yeah, At least be. in the 1970s, that must yeah. have been the standard utility tent. For nobody to notice it. That's how I but, fixed but, it in my head. Let's just put it that way. Literally, right about the time I wrote it off in my head and went, oh, well, that must be standard. The guy ripped his face off and it was the master. And I went, oh, no, it's not normal. So. But I'll get there. Uh, tangent aside, the doctor's not- <laughs> She knows us she too knows well. us way too well. The doctor's knowledge of languages never ceases to amaze me, but I also think the TARDIS also plays a slight role in that. The brig just standing there while the doctor does all the talking made me feel slightly sorry for the brig. Of course, when the mind control machine gets a hold of the doctor, of course, we see he would see hallucinations of Daleks. And again, par for the course, the master is bitten off more than he can chew and asks his old frenemy to help him out. Very nice to see the unit comes to the doctor and Joe's rescue when the master puts them behind bars. And the ending with the master being able to escape yet again, much to the doctor's chagrin. But you know he's going to be back to cause more mayhem for the doctor later on. The Master. Interesting audio, with the seventh doctor telling Vincent a tale. We get a nod to Zagreus with the nursery rhyme. Interesting storytelling, to say the least. There were a couple of times I lost what was going on, but I was able to follow the storyline with a quick rewind. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Hoping that everyone had a great Easter, if you celebrated it, or Sunday. Everyone, Hope everyone's week starts off well. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank, Thank you, Holly. Holly. For anybody that doesn't celebrate. It's Sunday. Or Sunday. <laughs> Got it. And that's it for feedback. Well, what should we review first? Mind of Evil, Glenn says. Should go in Doctor and Master order. Fair enough. Professor Keller has created a machine that can pacify even the most dangerous of criminals. But when the Doctor and Joe arrive at Stangmore Prison for a demonstration, things start to go horribly wrong, especially when they discover that the Doctor's old enemy, the Master, is responsible for the machine. What could he possibly want from the criminals, and what connects him with the impending World Peace Conference? Dun, dun, dun! It was good. Yeah. It didn't need to be six parts, but it was good. (laughs) (laughs) It did kind of meander there in the middle. Which was almost unfortunate because I, I, I found myself really enjoying the peace conference story arc. And, then they and I found myself it. really enjoying the prison and the machine and that story arc. But anytime they would cut back and forth between the two of them, I would need a moment to kind of readjust because they, 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 they felt differently, you know, um, tonally. And then they would kind of drop one for a really long stretch of time. And then they'd come back to it for a really long stretch of time. And then it just there was that constant tonal shift going on between the two of them so that when they finally kind of weaved everything back together it was kind of like oh yeah i forgot the peace conference thing and then we dropped <laughs> well, especially it especially so like, the peace conference well the peace back. conference doesn't get dropped because it's culminated in the missile but the well yeah, yeah but the, i think that's what i liked about the storytelling of this one is unlike the sensorites where you get to, you know a story going and then it's dropped and you get another story going and it's dropped and then you got another so it's, it's three stories or there was another one that we just recently did that was very similar to that. I think it was the Tom Baker one where they went to the planet that was like Jason and Argonauts. What was it called? Uh, oh, uh, Underworld. Yeah, Underworld. 
Um, unlike those stories, I, I liked the idea that we had kind of two separate things going on here, and then they kind of you know merged there towards the end or towards the middle, and then resolve at the end. So I, I, I liked that. I think that a lot of previous Doctor Who would have benefited from that. Um, and so that, that worked for me in this sense, because I didn't feel like I was getting bored until there, 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 I think they spent a little too much time in the prison mm-hmm. by the time yeah. we got to episode four and five. Um, well, and it almost felt like I spent so much time building this mystery around the machine and then kind of drop all the other storylines to deal with the machine. Yeah. And then the big reveal is kind of lackluster. Uh, there's a living thing in this machine. Oh, and then it's just kind of like, yep, that's it's just living there. <laughs> <laughs> just taking up space and taking people's minds, sucking the evil. And it's funny because it's, it's a cool idea. It's, but it's almost a new series concept. Yeah, it is. Because the, the doctor gives one piece of dialogue. It must be, a, uh, what, I forget what he exactly called it, a mind parasite, where it's, and yeah, I, 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 I kind of thought, ooh, it's like a dream crab, you know, <laughs> and it feeds off the evil in people, and it's alive, and that's it. That's all you get. That's, that's all you get. No explanation of how the master winds up with this thing, and how he ended up teaming up with it, and there's a, there, they could have even done more with the reveal, and then building the backstory after the fact. Could have been really neat to see. Yeah, know, like what, what he, impris- he, 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 he got his, his, uh, his, uh, pincers out and plucked one off a tree somewhere and yeah. stuck it in the machine and built the machine See, around I, it. And- you guys wanted more out of it than I wanted. I really didn't care about the backstory. I thought they told me enough that he devised a machine with this symbiotic mind that was going to do his bidding, as he thought, and he ended up being the slave to it. That was fine. I was okay with that. I didn't have to have all that backstory on this machine or what it was or where the what planet it came from. Forget that. This is the the story is that the the master is going by his usual modus <laughs> operandi. He's going to create some sort of havoc on Earth so that he can do a power grab, and that's what it was. It was there was there was no disguising that whatsoever. So I actually I liked that aspect of it. I was like, I don't care what this machine is or where this you know alien being came from. This is what this story is about. So I, it worked. For Maybe me. had the master's plan been a bit more thought out. <laughs> well, I'm going to no, I'm no, shoot, no, because that's still missile. that's still that's still in the master's in mo. The, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> this is only his second story, so he's still yeah. trying to figure out a good plan to take. Well, over. And I, I maybe because of that. No, when I when I realized this was his You're second gonna... story. Which I didn't know at first. I yeah. thought this was much later on. It almost feels later on. Uh, and then uh, when we were watching the first part, because uh, James was asking me, he said, so the master's what? And I was like, oh, the master's locked up in the prison. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And then I had to think, is this before? You started tweeting or? that, and I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I was, uh, yeah, I was totally not. And then I realized, oh, this is a, this is second one. Oh, yeah, no, he's still on the loose. Because then I had to backtrack and think, where did we leave off with Autons? He gets away. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but uh, where's oh, but because of that, because it was early, I kind of kept thinking, well, maybe it'll be different. Because we talked about it right at the beginning. It's like, <laughs> so I hope this one's a little different than the standard, oh, I'm going to find some alien thing and wreak havoc for a while, and then it's going to turn on me, and I'll have to team up with the doctor to fight it. And James started laughing. And right about the time the master turned and started talking to the machine, I was like, oh, man, here we go. (laughs) It's just, dude, really? All right. Let's see where we wind up. (laughs) 
And it's so unfortunate because I love Delgado as the master. He's, He's so great. So great and evil and twisted and, you know. Diabolical. And debonair about it. You know. He's so friendly before he kills you. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, the story is also a little... It's Joe's second story also. And mm-hmm. so she, mm-hmm. she, when I come to a Joe story, I always kind of hope it's the Joe from the later run where she's a bit stronger and gets more to do. And this one, she doesn't get a lot to do. She doesn't, but uh, this is actually what I liked it's about okay Joe in this one is, well, one, she's, she's very confident in this though. She she's is. not very damsley. I mean, she, she is used as that vehicle in this story. Don't get me wrong, but she doesn't act very, no, she, act, yeah. she, she acts very strong. She acts very confident. I don't remember very, a single time she screamed. No, I mean it's it, it was. It, it, it's the seeds of the future Joe that we've come to like a lot. Well, certainly, and it's yes, still yes. night and day from the Joe from uh, Autons, Autons, Spearhead, Terry Autons, who you know was very easily brainwashed and going to blow up unit and getting coffee. Yeah. You know, compared, she did a lot. Yeah, compared to that Joe, this Joe, she, she's nurturing, she's caring for the guy, even though you know she doesn't know who this prisoner is, but he's obviously been reduced to an imbecile, so she's concerned about that. She bonds with the doctor, not the doctor, but the other doctor, the medical doctor that's there on staff. Uh-huh. Um, you know, she interacts with everybody. She's not terrified of the master when he comes in right. and she, confronts it, it, them. He says, Oh, Miss Joe. And she's shocked that it's him, but she's not scared of him. Right. It almost feels like there's been another story in between. It does. It kind of feels like she, she's, she's for grown her a little growth bit. and for their familiarity with the master. Yeah, and, and, and she's logically thinking through the whole thing when they escape the cell, one of 18 times. they <laughs> get out of the cell, And she says, Let's leave. The doctor says, "No, we're going to go do this." She's constant. She's not necessarily running away, but she's like, "Well, they're running around. They're 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 searching. Isn't now a good time to escape in the confusion?" And I was like, "No, let's go do this instead." So they go and do this, and then they notice the master leaving, and she says, "Let's leave now. Let's get out of here." It's let's not. I never. I never got the impression that it was that it was fear fueled. That it was. This is our. T- this is a good chance to get away with yeah. this. Yeah. You know? there was some forethought. Yeah, it was yeah. pragmatic. Yeah, and then she winds up. Well, not succeeding, but attempting to save the doctor with the ill-timed lurch backward as they're walking down the stairs. Go oh. and save yourself. <laughs> I and that was pretty cool, though. It yeah. was. I mean, it was. You know, obviously it didn't. Now, doctor, didn't end well. <laughs> but points well, for effort. Good, that, that that was the best cliffhanger, and I think the only time where somebody wasn't being affected by the machine, if I remember right. Yeah, because that was the gunshot. Yeah, and oh, I, I I remember seeing that the first time and going, okay, I know the doctor didn't die, but how are they going to get out of this one? And doing the old bait and switch was clever. And now the angle of the gun, I think, is a cheat because is we you're led to believe that it was actually the brigadier's gun that, that fired. But unfortunately, the way it is shot is because we shot it here. In if you think of it in uh, shooting standards, they actually cross the axis if it's the uh, yeah, brigadier's right. gun, and so it's kind of a cheat. It's a cheat to, to to show you the barrel of a gun that's pointing the exact same direction that Mailer's gun was was pointing, and then saying, "Well, no, it was the brigadier's." Showing us that no, yeah. it was actually the brigadier's gun. So. Um, well, I, I appreciated the of, oh, you just shot the doctor, you know, and then, oh, well, good. It was the Brigadier saving the day. I still had that in the back of my mind going, eh, it was kind of cheating how you how you rectified it. Well, but, Mel, Mel did the same thing. She got up right at the end of, of that episode. 
um, and the gun went off, and I heard it from the other room. Who who bought it? Who got shot? And the credits roll. She goes, "Oh, cliffhanger! Damn!" <laughs> so she came running back in to catch the recap, and I, I I kind of explained your theory that you know anytime you put the doctor in danger during a cliffhanger, we kind of go, "Eh," but this, I don't know how they're going to get out of this one. And so it comes up and it builds up to it, and Joe lurches back, and, and now and the gun goes off, and we're all kind of like. <gasps> <laughs> and then you realize it's the brigadier, and we went, oh. So, you know, we got suckered in by it. it, was, it oh, was, yeah, I did, totally. Unlike all the ones where the machine was influencing the doctor's mind, and we were going, hey, look, it's Wurzel Gumridge making faces. <laughs> oh, I think one of the other things I had a problem with the first time I watched this was was the fir- the doctor's first fear when he's affected by the machine is the fire, is the flames. And yeah. I thought... I'm sure there's a lot worse things than flames and fire that the doctor would have been afraid, afraid of. of. And it wasn't until this viewing that I recalled, well, this is just very near the heels of Inferno, which, which did affect him psychologically. So that's what was being And he has that, that line, point. too, where he says, I saw right. a world that was just con- consumed, consumed by fire. fire. I destroyed it. And it wasn't until this the time that I caught it. And I thought, oh, yeah, that would have been very recent to him. Now, it was a season prior, but that would have been recent enough to him. What's, that, what's ironic is... It's a nice well, bit of tie-in. It's, it's not, yes, it's absolutely. Probably not ironic. It's the same writer wrote oh, Inferno right? who wrote this. Well, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's probably a purposeful yeah, I'm callback sure to Inferno. I think I the nice thought that too. The nice thing is too is Joe didn't experience that, and so it made her, him telling her that logical in order to convey that message that hey, this is a callback, yeah. to the audience because if it had been Liz there, and he was saying it, I think he would have. I would have presumed he'd already told Liz that because he experienced an alternate universe. Liz, he would have been the first one to that. say yeah. you know I was somewhere else, and and he may have even mentioned that in Inferno as well. So. I, I was I was very pleased with the the device using the the companion in order to answer a question that 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 the writer wanted to convey to us as the viewers that's a, that's and it working because it was a new, a new character yeah exactly well and it also was I think a very very nice we we see Joe affected by the machine but we never once get what she's scared of yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a nice way to sidestep that and not weaken her character. On the other hand, we she never was f- as fully affected by it as most anybody else. She, she wasn't never scared to death, for yeah. one thing. Um, the only time that it really starts to affect her is when her and the doctor are trapped in that room at the point that, that it starts going off. Yeah. And, so, and you, I, I can't help but wonder maybe if that's part of it that... She's relatively innocent and hasn't faced any real, you know, could be. Is, isn't could be. isn't dangerous enough. She's not quite on the same level with uh, Barnum, Benham, oh, Benham, uh, Barnum, yeah, but you Tom, know, Tom, <laughs> close enough. Uh, I think that's I, I, what I really Joe liked, kept calling him, Tom, and it's, yeah. I think it was his first name. Barnum Tom was his Barnum. last name. I really liked how they started the story with him and then brought it back around. And, yeah, yeah, and because he's circle. really kind of gone there for two episodes. Yeah. You know, he's just he, kind of there. In the one time he wanders in, <laughs> the doctor's like, "Come back to bed, Tom." You know, he's like, "What are you doing, roaming around here now?" And You're I, cured. I, yeah, I really appreciated that aspect of <laughs> it, bringing too. it full back circle. I like the, the fact that the doctor shows genuine remorse at the fact that yeah, he, he didn't yeah. make it at the end. Well, how do you think I feel? You know, wonderful was, moment yeah. at the end. And, and Joe's almost berating, not berating him, but, but almost, almost 
blaming him or at least making him responsible for it. Yeah. And by him saying, well, you know, how do you think I feel? That was pretty cool because it was like a, oh, yeah, you're probably dealing with this as well. <laughs> you Yet there. another uh, yeah. Pertwee story that ends on kind of a down note. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> It seems to be a trend with him, getting <laughs> captured and ending on down notes. Well, another trend for this particular story was the capture and release, or capture and escape, yeah. capture and escape, <laughs> capture and escape. That got a little tedious, too, but I thought, you know what, second, <laughs> going to third Doctor's second season, okay, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> so think this can consigned to the idea of it's just going to happen with right. the Doctor right. in general. <laughs> just accept it. And move this on. is early Doctor Who. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the fact that uh, uh, Benton is um, given actually quite a bit to do for yeah. being knocked on costume. Well, and Yates, too. Go. And Yates, yeah. too, that they both had those moments. And that the Even Brigadier, Yates kind of gets taken out of it near the end after the... He loses the missiles. Yeah. And then goes after them and then gets kidnapped gets, by the master. Uh, and He's vindicated for it, I think. He, he vindicates is, himself yeah. for that for, for that happening. Yeah. Even though it wasn't it, his fault. It had I some mean, great Mike Yates moments, and I can understand. I mean, that. you know, prisoners overpowering a elite military unit? I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> We're supposed to be on guard. For a missile, for crying We're out loud. Move the missile, the one that doesn't exist. We're going to move it from here to here. Protect it. Okay. And prisoners. Okay. With nerve gas, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let it go. Because, <laughs> because Mike gets some great moments when he... Mike does you know, get good moments. You know, he, 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 he it makes me like him as a character more. I was impressed that he was actually driving that motorcycle. Yeah. You know, I, I had read years ago that... Uh, or I'd heard an interview with him years ago where he had never ridden a motorcycle before. And that was that's his... Um, uh, I don't want to say scariest moment on Doctor Who, but that that was his one of his one of his biggest memories was having to learn to ride that bike and them him riding it and them telling him you got to go faster, you got to go faster, you got to go faster, <laughs> and him saying he was scared to death because he's riding this motorcycle, you know, at full speed. And luckily, the you know the Havoc guys obviously did some of the stunts for it. But, Action, by yeah, Havoc. But uh, it was it was one of those things that I, I remember him recalling that that was just one of the most frightening moments for him on the set was having to ride that motorcycle because well, they had to get those shots of him yeah, on, the, on motorcycle. the motorcycle. Well, when he when he picks it up after after the the. Uh, the ambush mm -hmm. and he starts it up and I don't know why, but I notice these things. I, 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 there's a part of my brain that actually actively looks is that the actor doing that? <laughs> and he gets on it and I kept waiting for them to cut away. Thanks Keanu Reeves. And they didn't. <laughs> and he's on it and now he's, he, he drives toward the camera and goes vroom and rides off, but his feet are still kind of like on either out. side. Yeah, like of I'm going to catch like myself. He's not on fall. the thing yeah. yet. Um, which, because Mel rides cycles, I've picked up by osmosis um, some safety stuff, which is actually like a, 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 your instinct is to do that, and it's a huge no-no because the bike weighs so much that if you fall over, you won't catch yourself. You'll just, you crush, just crush your leg, crush your leg, <laughs> trying to stop yourself. It's better to just fall off and get it over with. Um, but he, so he did that, and I kind of thought, well, I think he's a little shaky there. He doesn't look. And then the next scene is him riding full board <laughs> down the highway, and he stops and he jumps off the bike and he spies on him, and then he gets back on the bike and takes off again. And I was like, that was actually Mike. He actually did that. I was, that was kind of cool. And I wondered, I was like, I wondered if that was something they taught him, you know, and, and trained him how to do, or if he just happened to have that, um, you know, 
Because I remember a, from the interview, it wasn't like they they even trained him to do it. They just said, "Okay, we've got this. You're going to ride on the bike." bike. <laughs> got on the road the bike. And he was terrified because he'd never ridden a bike before. Or, Nowadays, they ask the actors, "Can you ride the motorcycle?" And you say, "Yes, absolutely." And then you go out on the weekend and find somebody to train you how to do it before you go shoot. <laughs> I got to ride a motorcycle this week. Oh wait, can you ride a horse? Yeah, absolutely, I can ride a horse. <laughs> Carry a weight. <laughs> but um, yeah, I can ride a horse. I can ride a horse. I've never ridden a horse in my life. <laughs> but the, the, so the Mike bits were great. The Benton bits were great. Yeah. Uh, even though you know getting taken out and my I was really scared that his head was going to get stuck in that fence <laughs> when he kind of slumps over and yeah that was like and the brig stuff is great too the brig Even stuff is great he, he kind of gets sidelined for a little bit too and is in the background and comes back around and leads the I loved the disguise and them getting into the prison. Yeah. That was just great stuff. Here's what I liked about the brigadier in this story is at the beginning the doctor is really giving him a hard time because he's he he drags the doctor along with him to talk to the. Uh, well, he's still kind of unwillingly to the, being there to the Chinese, him. you know, uh, ambassador, and the doctor give him his what for because he starts talking to the ambassador in China, and they they end up having you know it's supposed to be the brigadier there representing uh, the UK and the UN, and he's there supposed to make the negotiations, and each time he tries to engage in these negotiations, the doctor and and the guy's getting all palsy and talking in Man- or what Mandarin? It was was it Cantonese? And because yeah, he, he the, the guy's impressing, and the doctor knows you know Cantonese so well, and he's so they have this conversation, and you just see the brigadier just kind of doing the eye roll and like, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> I so deserved you, this. <laughs> so you get that, you get those moments, and I'm like, oh wow, that's he's the, the doctor's really just giving him giving it to him, and then at the end, well, there's almost a role the- reversal because then the doctor. <laughs> Is the one that's like frustrated with the brigadier, and everything the brigadier is doing is not the way doctor wants to do it. And every time, and especially at the very end, when the brigadier gives him that little smug smile, I thought, "Oh, this is payback right here." Is what this is. Especially coming on the heels of the doctor's ranting and raving about, "You must go to the prison. You must shut down the machine. You must do this." And the brig says, "All right." And the doctor kind of stops, like, whoa, wait, I won? <laughs> You're going to give me one? Says, yeah, as soon as we go take care of this, we'll go do that. Oh, all right. <laughs> Just like, you could almost hear, sucked the wind out of those sails, didn't we? <laughs> they had such a great, you know, and, and even when the doctor was, was temperamental and frustrated and rah, you, you could tell that. They've kind of reached that point in their relationship where they're just gonna, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. right. <laughs> I'm gonna give you lip service and do what I want to do. <laughs> do you think you could possibly arrive not in the nick of time <laughs> or before the nick of time? Great little banter scene. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, the, the brig doing an accent. <laughs> I've got all the governor's wine in here. You really want me to take it back and tell them you didn't want it? They'll think you're balmy. <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> uh, I think that was a clever ruse too. That, oh yeah, that whole disguised and pretending to be delivery service. That was pretty cool. Although I, I watching that why scene, they... I wondered how many prisoners are going to survive the entire ordeal and how much they were just killing. Yeah. Well, uh, we lost as many uh, unit soldiers as we We lost prisoners, but I did have to giggle just a moment when uh, the oh, whatever he was, the major that was kind of there in the. <laughs> Mobile headquarters. It's a bit like oh, a film, uh, isn't it, sir? It's like, uh, oh, you're not going to make it past. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to make it past this episode, pal. The brig's going to replace you. <laughs> but 
what he's going on about uh, oh, was it Major Cosworth? I think it was. I think right. it was Major. Yeah. He says, uh, yeah, "Have you ever been to this prison? Have you ever seen this prison? It's an old fortress. We're, we would need an army to storm it." And I thought to myself, "You have you are an army." army. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was another moment. Get too, on right? the phone to Geneva. When, when <laughs> Call the regulars. Benton and the two other guys, or no, the three other guys. Benton and the three other guys. There's a four man crew, and they're 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 gonna they're sneaking up from the back while the action's yeah. happening in front. They're sneaking up the back of this castle, and as they go up the stairs, it's Benton. In the middle, and these two guys flanking the sides, and one guy in the rear. And Benton turns around and gives this big old giant wave, like, come on, men. And, like, there's going to be 40 other guys following him up, and it's still just the four. And I thought, who are you calling to? The rest of the guys were down in the tunnel. I just had, it was all, did you see them stairs? It was a lot of stairs. <laughs> it took them a while to get up. We're coming, Sergeant. Uh, the other thing I thought was pretty cool was when Benton gets uh, handed... Uh, Interim governor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not let's not let it go to your head now, Ben. <laughs> and the first thing, ring. And he's looking at his desk like <laughs> he's trying to figure out how to get the phone. <laughs> Who puts a phone in a box? Well, that's was, what I want to know. The funny thing is that the doctor and Joe are in there waiting because they've escaped. And Joe says, Is there a phone? And he says, Well, yeah, there, there's a, of course there's a phone. And she goes, Well, we'll call somebody. And she goes over to it. And the doctor, without even looking at it, says, Well, it's locked up. It'd be locked up. <laughs> And I thought, okay, that makes sense. They want to lock it so that nobody can get in there and use it. But what happens when the phone rings and Benton sits down and hasn't done a darn thing except for shuffle a couple of papers, opens the box right up. And I thought, doctor, you should check that box because it might not have been locked. Well, as we know, the doctor just assumes everything's locked. (laughs) Just like the the prison and the 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 doctor. And the box was wooden, so he wouldn't have been able to sonic it. He could have saved himself a lot of time if he'd have started those calculations then. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to unlock a box. <laughs> What's in the box? A phone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Anybody else get a little titter of excitement when he says, I ever tell you about the time I was in the Tower of London? And I went, oh, yeah. oh wait, that doesn't fit. <laughs> Sir Walter Raleigh? Well, I, that started being such a great story, and then we cut away. And yeah, like, no, I thought the same thing. I thought. something. Huh. That was weird. <laughs> How many name drops did we get in this? I we got Walter Raleigh and to, to a point, and then it just kept going. And I thought, oh, they're actually going to give us a story. And then they there were cut a couple away. of those where there was voiceover over the the transition into the next scene, but yeah. you still didn't get enough of it to finish up what the thought was. In my head was, oh, more story time with the doctor. <laughs> he tends to do that with Joe when they're locked up. It's still, of- still not as good as. Uh, um, those are draconians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when they're in the cell and the master's eavesdropping. Oh, Frontier's <laughs> Oh, yeah. Frontier's face. That's the greatest story time with Joe moment ever. <laughs> but yeah, I just this is this is definitely one and I even liked the 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 kind of cheesy effect of when the machine suddenly <laughs> the becomes when it becomes teleporting. <laughs> and it's like, you know, for just shaking the camera and throwing stuff in front of the screen and giving it one of these. No, that effects. was cool. Was that like, was that, cool. That's kind but of cool. whenever the thing traveled and yeah. was so like escape, it lines. was just the wavy lines. And I thought, well, this is like I, I could I could see uh, 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 Wayne and Garth going. What the heck is that? I'm flashing back. Yeah, I was I was fine with it because it, it, I was enjoying the story so much. Yeah, and this is my second watch through in less than a year. So this is just one of those that I think is is maybe the sum is not as good as the parts, 
Like we've talked a lot about the little bits I, that we yeah. really, really enjoyed, it's but it doesn't necessarily add up to a great episode. Uh, but it's still I don't a fun think I'd watch. Go back to a great lot. story. Yeah. Um, it's one of those ones though that I, I I could find myself going back and watching again, maybe because of the sum of its parts, but or the, because of the parts and not necessarily the sum. But I, it helps that we broke this up over two weeks. Yeah. And I did the same thing when I watched it last time. In fact, I broke it up into three parts because I watched two episodes and then the next day I'd watch two more because I was watching them closer together than a week apart. But um, and it was just it was it's one of those stories that I don't I didn't get bored. I was compelled by what was going on. It was the five and six where I felt like we were just a little in the prison a little too long. But overall, I thought it was a good story. The master had, while it be very much in his. Mo and it's something familiar that we're especially the master we're familiar with because we we've, we've seen more master stories than the viewer at the time would have seen. This would have been the second yeah. master story, yeah. so nobody would have gone. Well, this that's very much like the master, but this is one of those stories that establishes kind of that 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 you know method of of how the master works and what he does well, and the thing that kind of became repetitive after a while. But one of the things I think the six part helps is the master, and it doesn't. Until you stop to think about it, oh, yeah, that plan is pretty similar. When you're watching it, especially when you split it up, it doesn't feel like it's the same old, same old. It seems very calculating. And you aren't let into what the whole plan is. I think by the fourth episode, we know they're going to get – that's what the the goal is, is to go get the missile. Obviously, you know he's using the peace conferences for some reason. Yeah. But you don't really kind of know the whole – in fact, I thought it was going to be more of the hypnosis and infiltrating and that kind of thing. And that's kind of left alone after he gets into the prison, you know, and and – had I not known the doctor's or the, the master's mo, I would not have walked away from this one going, "Oh yeah, that was just like Terry." Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. Well, it, even, I can see it helps establish, well, it, yeah, it helps establish it the yeah, mo, but it, it's, it wasn't like terror in the sense. I mean, it was again, it was him using a uh, alien species in order to gain momentum, and and but yeah, by the second one, I don't think you necessarily see that coming. You don't go, yeah. "Oh, this is just like last week." You know, you don't yeah. you don't yeah. say that. No. It's not until you've seen a lot of master stories and you go, wow, this guy is just a one, and when you one trick pony. Them and <laughs> well, and this not is, separate them by weeks. Right, he, right. He even managed to surprise me because even though I knew going into this that and this is my first watch on this one. Yeah. But I knew going into it, the MO, I knew going into it that this is probably going to tie in with that. And, oh, here's this missile. Well, <clears throat> I wonder what he's going to go after. You know. Right, right. So we get to the thing and he's got the missile. Well, I'm right in line with the Briggs thinking that it's at the prison. That's where I would have taken it, you know. That's where I thought he was going to take it, and then he, and then they show up at an airplane hangar, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is a new location. What are you doing here?" And they leave it, and they goes on, and then the master drives. On. And I love the conversation when uh, oh, the main henchman, not Scorby, uh, Keller, uh, Kel- not Keller, uh, no, Mailer, Mailer. When he calls, and says, I want you back here because we've got problems. <laughs> and the master's like, I'm, I'm busy. I'm I got, busy. I, got, I can't. It's I got, out of the question. I've got stuff to do. You know, he's like, you get back here or else. Oh, all right. <laughs> Very well. And, and it he wasn't gets, much of a threat either. No. I no, it, but, but I think I also got the impression that it was the, more of the master going, well, if you want something done. You know, <laughs> <laughs> got to do it yourself. But I, I totally – and so I was like, you're just going to leave the missile off and – Okay. So then I was really <laughs> entranced, like, a, what's going to happen now? And I loved this conversation with Yates. You can pretend to wake up now anytime, Captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or f- stop pretending to be asleep. I, yeah. Like I said, definitely great bits 
all throughout this thing. So, I think I think before we move on, we should touch a little bit on the colorization process because this was one of the ones that was fully black and white at one point. Yep. And episode one, I could tell it was colorized. I could tell in episode and one that was as like well. epi- parts of episode five or six. I could tell, but the rest of it, I couldn't tell. And apparently, they changed the format. I think they did a really good job with how they did for, uh, colorizing on it. With with the exception of a couple of the almost, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The scene almost, it's not a jump cut, but it was almost a kind of a... Like a push zoom? Yeah. With, with the exception of a couple of those in episode one. That's what tipped me off to the fact that it was colorized was in episode one. Other than that, I didn't notice any of it throughout the thing. There was, the, there was it, some it, near it the end that up. I noticed that it looked a little. I could see the gray through it a little bit. You know, it, it had a, a good enough color palette, and it was consistent enough through the rest of the the episodes that there was at no point in time that it jumped out to me. And then I thought to myself, "Wow, this was been completely colorized." Yeah. In fact, I may not have even noticed until I saw one somebody on Twitter comment, "Hey, this is you know." This has been colorized. Um, it's the, the, I, unfortunately I come at this at a, from a different advantage because I knew enough history that I knew that the, the there were there's a there's a number of Pertwee films that existed in black and white, and it wasn't until years later that they found VHS copy or uh, I don't even think it were not, what do you call it uh, it's a kinescope here but where they actually shoot on a monitor. Um, but because they weren't doing that at this time, they were actually on, doing it on videotape. But they had videotape copies of it. But unfortunately, the color, the video had degraded so much that it had lost a lot of its um, sat- color saturation, and everything like that. So the the, the video is grainy. So what they did is they put it into a computer, and what they did is they take and they they just took the color out. So you've got the imperfect video quality still there on. The original or the uh, copy copy, but the, also all they did is grab the color and they essentially just went and overlaid it over the black and white film print that they had or, oh. or video print that they had. I think even at that time they had video. And what they did is by matching that up, they could kind of, I mean, because uh, with the exception of I think they had to take the colorization from something that was not PAL format. And there had to be a little bit of conversion, and uh, I think they had to, there was a little bit of cropping as well. But but by overlaying that over the black and white, it essentially brought all of the colors back into it, and so that's how they. So did it that. wasn't a true colorization. No, they did not. They did, no. Was, they actually they lifted. Color from they lifted the, the color from another copy and put it onto the 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 more clean black and white copy that they had, and 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 really just kind of recorded it again that way now that's why a lot of times you do see in movement you don't see it quite match up because the the frame rate is is a little different yeah so they have to go in they have to manipulate that a little bit and they did in in scenes that there was you know uh, a large amount of movement in but that that's how they do it is they really just kind of overlaid the color back over the the print that's that's simply how they did it and it's remarkable that they are able to get the clean enough copy that they do here. But me oh, yeah. knowing that, I already noticed a lot of the color ghosting a little bit and things like that, even the first time that I watched it. So, um, they, but they, they did that process with a lot of my process with a lot of them. I believe the demons has at least two episodes and maybe even more that it, cause I, there's a colorization special on that one. I oh, think okay. it was that one that the color is. I know James was asking about a colorization uh, um, special feature, but so me knowing that, I went into it already knowing. Okay, well, this isn't going to be the best visually, but it's it's neat to hear you guys say that. Uh, you know, I, was, I really didn't notice it because it, it 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 certainly means the process works like they want it to work. Well, I think and it I, definitely does. I tend to notice 
colorization in movies when, you know, if it's something that they've gone back, even if it's not a film that I've seen before, but I, I can just tell this has been colorized. Or this looks can, like this yeah. has been colorized. And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes they just shot it that way and you go, this looks like it's yeah. been colorized. And it's like, no, it was just bland. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse well, me. and that's the thing with like, the first episode. Some of it was almost too vibrant. Then everything, some parts were almost <coughs> brighter than others, and that's how I could tell. Well, it was I think the, the thing when you when you have the that so chalked that more up to the sink. When you have when you're oh, bringing the color out of the de- the, uh, the 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 degraded video copy, what happens is you've also your your color saturation isn't quite there. So when you bring it over, you're going to get more of the reds yeah. and less of the greens. And and then that's what happens. And I think in this one, fortunately what they had going for him is he didn't have his green velvet. He had his red velvet on. <laughs> yeah. So that automatically was, okay, this is going to work. And that's why I think the colorization of it is just slightly on the pink side than it is on the blue side. Oh, but, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It's still impressive. It is. Oh, yeah. Because it, 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 it doesn't with, look... Between as far as like restoration goes, job. as far as restoration goes, the, the Doctor Who team has been doing wonderful things oh, by yeah. doing this, the restoring the color to the Pertwee episodes that they didn't have originally, and by taking it and the, the vidfire process, which I think is just an amazing amount of technology in order to make something from film look like it did again and make it you know video look again, which they've done with a lot of the Patrick Trout and stuff. Yeah, it's just uh, it's phenomenal that they're able to do that kind of stuff. For these old shows that are, you know, very old, and it, and you, and arguably, arguably have a limited audience because not everybody's going to pick up a classic Doctor Who, you know. Oh so. yeah, thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Shall we move on to Master? Okay. Many years ago, on a dark and stormy night, the disfigured and enigmatic Dr. John Smith invited his closest friends, Inspector Victor Schaefer, and his wife to a dinner to celebrate his birthday. A mere few hours later, all the occupants of that house had been changed. Some were dead, others mentally scarred forever by the events of that night. So what happened to the distinguished dinner guests on that evening? Perhaps we'll never know, but two clues have led to much speculation. Found outside the study window a charred umbrella with a curved red handle, and found inside the house a blood-stained copy of Stevenson's The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. For one person, this night represented an ending, an ending to 1,000 years of darkness, and an ending to 10 years of light. But for everyone else, is there no ending of this one night of hell? Dun-dun-dun! I'd easily say this is one of the best big finish I've ever listened to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I'd have said that until part four. Like, it was good. I love it. Uh, it was I solidly good all the way, all the way through though, it. But then part four came on. I was like, I, I agree with you. But because this, this, this story starts out as a – and mostly because you don't know what's going on here. And I love that aspect. Well, and, I like the idea yeah. of I'm not sure quite sure what's going on here. And it does. It starts very high. But it continually ramps up and ramps up, and then it just boom smacks you in the face with the fourth story, and it's like a fourth episode. It's like, wow, yeah. that's just really, really well done. I mean, you go into it, and you you know it's called Master, and you assume it's about the Master, and then there's the hints that when they're arriving to go to dinner with John Smith, and Jade calls him Master. And it's like, oh, is that what's... And then I couldn't quite tell if it was the actor or not. and Because his voice 
was so different between John Smith and the master that there was just enough of a change that it, at first I was like, I can't tell if that's the actor that's going to be the master or not. And so getting to go that ride, trying to figure out what they were going to do and how they were working it was so, so well done. For me, right away, I knew it was Jeffrey Beavers because I have always thought and the stuff that I've heard Jeffrey Beavers in and light at the end would have been one of them as well. Um, I have always thought that Jeffrey Beavers could, at least voice-wise, be Boris Karloff in some sort of audio form. Because I I think they have a very similar voice. So coming into this, immediately I went, okay, that's Jeffrey Beavers. And what does Big Finish do? They bring Beavers back when they do a master (laughs) story. And this one, obviously, is a master story from the title. So I immediately went to, okay, this is – he's the master. I kind of pieced the two together Fairly early, but then but you're so right. I got so dif- sucked. He does into differentiate the, the voice. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got so sucked into the story, I forgot that. Oh yeah, this is supposed to be a master story, and the master's supposed to be here somewhere. I got so engrossed by everything that was going on in the house. It was so Agatha Christie esque, almost Mary Shelley esque, um, in the kind of. <clears throat> Always very Supposed gentle and origin. high, yeah. And Jack the Ripper, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very I, much. I thought for a moment, it felt very Victorian. That's where we were going with it. I, and did I, too. I, I, I was almost a little disappointed when I went. Oh, I kind of really hope we don't go, there. and then we didn't. And I was like, oh, okay. Cool. I was so pleased that it wasn't John Smith, the one that yeah. was the killing. They, they kind yeah. of they 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 could have easily gone that way, and they didn't. You said Victorian. I think you're looking for Edwardian. Yeah, Edwardian. Yeah, that's what I meant. One or the other. I like how they played with us too. That right at the beginning, that you get John Smith. And so we automatically go, oh, but I thought this was oh, a master story. Wait a minute. And then Jade calls him master, and you're like, oh, well, now I don't know what to think. <laughs> you know, just, we're, uh, I love here. the kind of okay. almost I'll, I'll bite into that. Why not? It's almost human nature, family, blood, reversal. Yeah, it is I, actually. And that's what I way. thought of through, uh, at first when I was like, okay, so he's Dr. John Smith, and there's he's obviously thinks he's human, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't until much later that they talked about the burning and how he looked. And yeah. Then that conversation when the doctor finally shows up in episode three, I think it is. And that conversation. Was it that late? It was at the end of episode two. Yeah, but, but when they, after, yeah. the, after the doctor recovers and they have that conversation about that morality and all of that, that's such, was such a fascinating, <laughs> listen, just listening to them debate this and discuss this. It was just so fascinating, at least to me. And I, it was so well done because you genuinely got the feeling that these were two old friends discussing a topic of the week over dinner, you know. And they were supposed to be brand new. They didn't, they Even though they didn't to, know. Yeah. My first they didn't know thought they were was, friends and, I wish I could be the doctor and just show up and strike up a conversation this intellectual with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so <laughs> envious <laughs> of you. Now, granted, they had unbeknownst to John Smith, they had a background. And even 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 the doctor at that point doesn't quite remember. He he's still he's still skeptical as to what's going on here, although I think he suspects what's going on. Well, well he, he has that line. That there's something different happening. When, yes. when he asks, where am I? And yes. he says, oh, you're on uh, uh, Perpigillium, whatever the name of the planet was. <laughs> was Perfugium. Perfugium. Which I didn't realize was a separate planet until I went back and read the yeah, big finished audio synopsis. So it's a colony world. I thought it was some so sort of. I thought it was some sort of um, 
place in England that yeah. I didn't know about. Yeah, know? I just thought it was a you know that's a town over in over in well Dario, because England. it's it's set very Edwardian. It's set yeah. in that era and that time and that it feels yeah. so Edwardian. But uh, you know when he says that when he says you're on Perfugium, the doctor goes. It can't be. I'm not ready. <laughs> and that's the only hint that he yeah. gives that he yeah. knows what suddenly this this is. But then keys in that. Oh, what's he not ready for? Yeah, which we get revealed later yeah. as well. But um, just an enjoyable, well put together. And, and, that's another word. For yeah, it. yeah. An, another one where the the the, the characters are, are all genuinely likable until they're not. <laughs> and they all have something not to be liked. Yeah, I mean, I, not I, to like them. I, 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 I found myself instantly drawn in to, uh, you know, uh, Victor, the stout-hearted, uh, you know, police inspector, and and the horrors that he's in, and his poor wife Jacqueline, who's a little flighty but fun, and Jade, the scullery maid. Until Jacqueline insults Jade, and it's like, boy, you're kind of a not nice person, aren't you? And that's much less strong language than what I Which, actually well, <laughs> The nice thing about that, though, Shawnee, is I think what crafts that so well is the idea that she runs a hostel for the unfortunate. And the inspector even kind of makes the, the comment about when they're talking about the philosophy of human nature mm-hmm. and that she came from a, you know, a, a, a very well up upbringing she had she was rich she's they had servants she was privileged yeah. and so he, he alludes to the is it do you do it because you feel guilty that they don't have what you had and i thought yeah that's that's even, but then yeah when she's very rude it's like it's that screech and turn the other way and you almost think that is what it is is that she feels guilty about it but then on the flip side of that you think well why would she be so brash and bold about it well, all the while you keep hearing that whisper, you know, that, that evil whisper yeah. in well, the background going, something is influenced. Every, yeah. Everything that happens is, is, is there for a reason. There's nothing that's left on the table that's just kind of an afterthought. It right, was right. all from the ground up, well-constructed, well-scripted, exceedingly well-thought-out and put together. So that all of those moments that made me like these people, when they turn around to bite me in the butt because I like you just sucked into this thing going, what's going to happen next? Um, You know, and you know, it all tied back in. It was all there with a nice little bow on top and just perfect. Well, and I love the exploration that it wasn't that the master made was the, the presence or the essence of the master in the house. Wasn't making them do things. It was bringing it to the surface. Mm-hmm. That these these traits were in these people, and in theory, in everybody, and that it's just bringing it to the surface. That there's what normally we try to suppress and push down is getting a chance to stretch its legs in, in a way, right? Which was such a fascinating uh, thing to listen to and explore in a story. I think to take that even a step further, when it's revealed that. The inspector is the one that yeah. was doing the killing, and it's revealed that she was really in love with John. It really put those things in perspective, that the, the things that they were bringing up and the things that were being pushed to the front by the entity in the house was very in line with what happened and what is revealed later. Mm-hmm. So it was this wonderful, we've got this these hints uh, of mystery here, and then when it's sort of revealed everybody's motives – 
it makes it so believable because oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, it's, it, it was was bringing that inner uh, essence of them out, and I, I thought that was cleverly played too. And I totally, I, I knew that she was in love with John. That was not a surprise. But the fact that Victor was the one behind the murders, I was like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. well, I bit that hook, line, and sinker. I was like, what the do you mean? The only thing that made me suspect it was when he was having, when they were having that discussion, and he said, at the same time that he was equating her upbringing, that she felt guilty for her upbringing, and that's why she ran the hospital. Hostel. I think just prior to that, he was talking about the murderer we look at when he was talking about the murders we look at these beings or these people as almost deserving it yeah yeah and he brings that up and it, when he said that i did have that hint in my mind that oh i wonder if he's the murderer he'll end up being the murderer but then the story draws me so far away from that that um conclusion that then it brought me back and hit me and i went oh gosh i should have stuck with that theory <laughs> <laughs> well and it's such a um i don't want to say I don't want to say human nature, but it, 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 he brings up a valid point that I think oh, yeah. I, I think all of us do that when you hear something on the news that's horrific, and, and then it you happens learn, to a criminal, then we don't feel as bad about yeah, it. Yeah, Depen- uh, depending on who it happens to, yeah. you go, oh, well, that's you know, and, and it's almost to be expected. And the clinical way that he presents that idea, I, I think, is is probably what sells it the best. Uh, again, there's a there's a lot of really well done, high minded thinking in this one, and I just I love the way that they they you know we're, we're just having a very philosophical discussion about the what yeah. ifs of this, you know, all framed around this nice little birthday celebration. Yeah, because yeah. It's so it's innocent. They're clearly been friends, longtime friends. They care very much for John, uh, despite his disfiguring appearance. And was anybody surprised when they're doing they're they're getting ready to do their seance, and and she sees the person outside the window and they're on fire and it's like describing this horrific disfigured person and they bring him in and then you realize it's, it's the, the doctor, doctor and you're like did he just regenerate what's going on here <laughs> i know that does i know where that happens i just and it was very confusing and then all of a sudden he's okay and then i'm suspicious i'm like what is going on here he's healed up and everything is are we we have some sort of regenerative you know well i wasn't near death so the regeneration kicked in and just healed him up or something. And I think it wasn't until later that the, the, the shoe is dropped, that death is involved, that I, I sort of kind of painted out the, maybe he really wasn't on fire and in such dire, that was just, made his, to look that like was it. his entry. That's how they had to bring him. Death brought him. Well, and the, the they, 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 um, the guests inside me, I don't remember which one, one of them makes the comment is like, it was a lightning bolt. Like he got struck by lightning outside right, the right, house. Right. Um, but nobody, you know, nobody brings up the fact. Well, why is he creeping around outside the window anyway? <laughs> because I kind of get the impression, as with all Edwardian tales, that this is like Batman's Wayne Manor. That he's way up on a cliff yeah, somewhere agreed. outside of yeah. town, yeah. you know. And so, well, and they couldn't leave the house because of the weather. Because of and the storm, so and it would have been far enough away that it wasn't like they were running across the street. Yeah, or exactly. Three blocks away, isolated. You could have oh, been. Yeah. yeah so nobody questions the fact why he's there. But then, as you said, when Death kind of explains that. She, that he was brought there. It was kind of like, oh, transmat beam. That yeah. totally explains the lightning <laughs> bolt, too, because it was just a <laughs> and there he is. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I no, think, I, I Death's, think absolutely. Death's involvement was the only slightly sticky point for me. I, I don't know how I feel about... I know we... What was it that we reviewed that... Human nature. Was it human nature? Yep. At the end, he gives John's 
Yeah, that's it, right. That's right. Which that's that is his ultimate payment for what he did as a child, and that's a a bit alluded to in human nature when you start to read between the lines as to what Big Finish did here by evolving that story, is that he he was to give up the master. It was the idea. And then later on, he ends up giving up himself, but only really the the human side of himself that he got to explore and discover and become in human nature. That's the other thing is I didn't have so much problem with death because I've read Time Worm or the Time Worm arc. And death has already shown up once. To death as an entity instead of an idea. And I was familiar with a lot of the Virgin New Adventures has death as a returning character. And she shows up again in. Uh, at the end of Human Nature, which we have recently read. And that being said, as soon as I learned of long ago death being a entity in the Doctor Who universe, as opposed to like when you just bring forward some sort of ghost or some some um, – what am I looking for? Mm, metaphysical, metaphysical yeah. entity. Supernatural. Death, I equate to such ele- – you know, death's an elemental. Obviously, or an elemental, uh, internal, obviously. Yeah. Um, and and what really helps you swallow it is you you we've had people like this. We've had the White Guardian. We've had the Black Guardian. Yeah, that's true. We've had the Eternals. We've had um, uh, the. I just equated the other day. Or, yeah, the other day I watched the Celestial Tormaker is one of these beings. So death is not death as we paint it in the metaphysical. As, yeah. And not the Grim Reaper with the you know scythe, although she could, in my opinion, appear that way if she wanted to. And it's not death from you know the Bratchet books, which I've also been dealing with recently. But <laughs> death is just another eternal and is a physical and cognizant being. It's just time has been introduced, as by the way, in uh, the the uh, uh, Virgin New Adventures oh. as well. So it's just another eternal that. I think we've just we've had them all along, and we've kind of learned to accept them. And death is just another element to that. So yeah. that's how I can, that's how I approached it. Well, and, and it was interesting also hearing them, t- her even talking about how she's almost a concept. Uh, I can't remember the words she used, but it was almost like, well, I don't know how exactly this works since I'm, blah blah blah, not real but real at the same time. It was it's kind of. I, it took me a little bit to get used to the idea of it, and I, by the end of it, I, I really loved how it ended. Of the guy that the doctor is telling the story to winds up being death mm-hmm. and taking that life because they knew the mass or the doctor wouldn't. I, I really like that aspect of it too. What was interesting, I, I kind of come down in between the two of you because, like you, I even at the end of Human Nature there was a part of me that had an issue with the fact that death was a thing. It's kind of like, you know, the just, devil and uh, Satan bit. It's kind of like, uh, yeah. That when, when, once you kind of cross that line, it's like, well now where do you go with it? But, and I, I, I blame Pratchett <laughs> because I so love his personification of death in the Pratchett books and how it's, how it's done that way. I really love that. <laughs> so the overall idea of death as a character showing up and doing things is kind of like, yay, death's here. You know, <laughs> I get genuinely excited over that. But the science fiction part of me is like, death doesn't belong in Doctor Who. So how do I reconcile these? And it's like Glenn said, it wasn't until, you know, even even after as much as I enjoyed human nature, but still kind of was clinging to that. I don't know how I feel about that, knowing what was going to come, because I haven't read any of the other books that right. death makes an appearance in. 
But listening to this, when death made her appearance, I was suddenly like, oh, she's an elemental or, or a eternal. Uh, eternal. I did the same thing. I do. The she's same she's an eternal. And if you put, yeah, it, in, if you put it in that, that context, yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, game on. I'm all right with this. <laughs> it just it just doesn't it just it just clicks. Yeah, it does. It does click a lot better. Yeah. Thinking of it as eternal. Think of Q. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> so would she take? Would she take in that same in that same realm? I mean, as as powerful as Q is compared to a human. But, well, yeah, yeah. But Q in and of itself is just another alien species. So right. I, I, I kind of just chalk that up to differently. But the, the the Eternals, and maybe it's because the Eternals have been not well defined. Well, we got, like the White well, Guardian and the Black Guardian, and, and this kind of stuff element, is just kind of like what we do. What we do know about the Eternals is the Eternals existed. In our realm, before time, before yeah. the harnessing of black holes, before the, all of that, and we know that. And what happened was the Eternals were shoved outside of our existence and existed on another plane, another level. And so somehow, well, what's not explained is why they continue to interact in our in our existence and our reality. And that's what's never been really cl- clarified throughout. But but we know enough history that the elementals existed long before anything did. Other than to suspect that it's a Clash of the Titans kind of the gods playing games with with the mortals. That's that's where I, it starts to lose me because I, I then you have to equate it to the mythology, and I don't think that that's I don't I don't agree with that aspect because, of it because I think of mythology. them more like yeah. you. I think of them more like you as being. Just another alien species. They just—they're so old and ancient, and are on another level than any other species in our reality. So okay, that's where I that. kind of come down on. But either way, it, 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 un- it's, it unlocked it's cheating. it. Get, yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> well, I, but I—you know—what's funny is that I buy death far more easily than the idea that there was a genuine ghost. Or that the house was haunted, <laughs> or that there was a curse. And that's where or, I come any uh, of that nonsense. Oh, death was responsible. Okay, I mean, it just, <laughs> that's where I come down know, on it. Yeah. The moon's an egg. Yeah, I mean, it, just, <laughs> it, it fundamentally unlocks that mental block I have that says, "All right, I'm good with this." So, uh, the other thing I want to talk about is I lo- I really liked the backstory and history we got with the master and the doctor <sighs> about yeah. that story of. There and being picked on. One of the great things I loved about it was when when did this come out and when was it written? Two thousand three. It would have been the fortieth anniversary. So it would have been. Let me just real quick before you say, Omega, the Master, and Davros were all part of Big Finish's uh, uh, lead up to the fortieth anniversary. Okay, culminating with Zagreus. Each Doctor got a specialized. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that. Oh, the show hasn't come back yet. Right. No. And everything they've done with the Masters since then, this still fits perfectly. Oh, sure. I think so, I, too. That's what, yeah. that's what I loved most about it was that we got a little glimpse of their childhood and their past, and it still fits with what they've eventually done. I don't know if that's partially because RTD was a fan of Big Finish or well, it didn't want to contradict it or if it was just such a small little slice that it still works. Well – that I agree. I think that's and I the think small you're, I think slides. you're right. And I think a lot of that is true. But the seed is cast in Terror of the Autons, 
when yes. the doctor says they were schoolmates, they were they were they went together at the academy. So they already set that seed that they were once friends. That the master and he had and this a different is a, relationship. This is such a great way now. to ex- ex- expound on yes. that. Yes, yeah. agreed, agreed. And I think you're right. I, I think I Russell think and, and crew took kind that of idea, took that and, idea, yeah. and, and built and continue to build on that. Because I, I can't think of aside, I can't think of any other time in Classic Who that it's really referenced that they were old school chums. Uh, the King's Demons, I think there's a not 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 that, but there's another mention in King's Demons when he's about talking to um, Tegan or somebody about the Masters. There's another, and I I, I I I didn't realize this at the time we watched it or the time I had seen it. I I read that in culmination with something else back, and I think when I was putting developing the Master Archive, there's there's something mentioned in there that also. Pads out a little bit more. The he the specifically, I, I think it's when the mass. It's in the five doctors when he meets the first doctor, and the first doctor says, "Do I know you?" And he says, "Believe it or not, we were at the academy together." Oh, he well, flat out tells him that, that was actually. That's not what I'm thinking of, but that is another. That's instance. another instance. But of, yeah. that was Terrence Dix calling back to Terror the yeah. Artons. That yeah. being mentioned in Terror the Artons, and it was almost a tongue in cheek. Well. We didn't know that back when Hartwell, when the first Doctor was around, and so it was or kind of a, it was kind of a meta humor that yeah. by saying, "Believe it or not, we were once." It, that's that's why that is dropped because it was it was more of a fan service of nod nod wink wink. You know, that didn't exist. <laughs> we back we then. made this up when the third Doctor came along, and now we've got the first Doctor to deal with again. So we'll just drop that fun line in there. <laughs> but I, I believe it was King's Demons where there is another. There's another thing that builds on the relationship between you and the Doctor. And I maybe remember the story Is it King's Demons that – or is it uh, Planet of Fire when he says – Maybe it is Planet of Fire. It's somewhere in the Fifth Doctor's era. He's getting ready to dispatch him. He says, won't you even help your own? And everybody wants, is he his brother or not? That's what it was. That's what it is. Is It's Planet of Fire. You're right. That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) I I also really like the exploration that – how the master has become death champion, like the yeah. doctor is yeah. times champion. Yep. It's just there's so much good in this thing. Well, and so when we get the backstory, which I don't know, did anybody else get shades of uh, of Lord of the Rings with with Smeagol on the boat in the water? <laughs> oh. like, I don't know why, but as he's he's explaining the story, I, I did went down to the that. yeah, I can yeah. see that went down to the that. water side. It was like that was what was playing out in my head. It was like, <laughs> oh, this was directed by Peter Jackson. <laughs> Here's this segment. Um, but when when we get the story about the the one boy rose up and clubbed him and just you know, how willingly were we to just accept that? That's who it was. That it was yeah. the master, just right off the bat, because I of that human that, nature. I suspected that because of where the story was developing, that we were going to get the switcheroo and realize that it. Was I suspected doctor. it at first too, but then once again, <laughs> so sucked in. They talk you out of it. They talk really talk you out, and just just yeah, it's it's the man. Well, it wouldn't be the doctor, and I thought to myself, it could be the doctor, and I thought no. They know us well enough to know that we wouldn't accept him as a killer, even as a child, even in self-defense, even as, you know, this, that I just don't think we're ready for that. But then when the reveal comes that it was the doctor, in fact, that did this, my brain starts backpedaling (laughs) and going, that makes so much perfect sense 
for why he leaves, for why he goes out, for why he's so desperate to save everybody, for why he's yep. a pacifist most of yeah. the time, for why he's, you know, just that one yes. Yeah. Just it, that. It does. It really does. It, it's, yeah. a very, it's a very good character building for the Doctor. Retroactively looking at the character of the Doctor, it really does build a lot onto the character. I think the other thing that was done specifically well is if it had been the fifth doctor or even the sixth doctor in this story, it would have been harder to buy that but because it's the seventh doctor. And we'd already yeah. seen glimpses of the darker doctor, the, the more vengeful doctor. I think you're able to buy it just that much better. Oh, and how oh, yeah, great absolutely. was it to hear death say, but you don't do that anymore. Do you, you don't play the spoons. You don't mix up your metaphors. Yes. Oh, now yes. you're all plots and mechanisms. And right. it was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fan service? Yes, yes. please. <laughs> Can I have a side order of that? Well, and, uh, and celebrating the 40th anniversary—that's a nice way to recognize yeah. what Big Finish has done with the character. That's certainly to true. that point. Yeah. This I think I'd read when I was doing some research on the Virgin New Adventures. This is where I had read that when, early on that the uh, Big Finish had done what Doctor Who magazine had done and just was kind of ignoring what had happened in the Big Finish. Uh, or the uh, Virgin New Adventure stuff, and had kind of said, okay, well, that kind of, that stuff kind of happened here on another timeline. But, you know, this doesn't really exist. With and it was at this point that Big Finish started going, and I think it's when they started bringing in writers and people that had worked with uh, that had written stuff oh. for Big Finish, is they said, well, maybe we'll tweak back to that. And that's when that's why Death suddenly becomes. Uh, you know, and so they they had yeah exactly, and they brought uh, Bernie in. And they had got they had that you know license already before yeah. they had Doctor Who, and so they started acknowledging some at this point started acknowledging more and more of the Virgin New Adventure Doctor stories and bringing those into the fold as well and saying <laughs> okay we're not going to ignore them like the comics in Doctor Who magazine did <laughs> is well, you know, a whole different thing happening over here but which ironically enough then they turn around and also accept a lot of the stuff that was happened in the comics with because they've got Gary Russell on board and we get Frobisher story and oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's all one big happy can. It is. It really is. <laughs> it drove me nuts. I, 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 I it frustrates I, those purists, but <laughs> <laughs> how do I make that work? <laughs> I went running to the internet in the, in the middle of part four to figure out who Jade slash death was. She was fantastic, but she sounded vaguely familiar to me. Charlie Hayes. I don't recognize the name. I don't recognize the actress. I'm sorry. You were great. But what I did stumble upon was Victor. Yeah. The actor who played Victor was Philip Maddock, who uh, I, he's been in many, many things in Doctor Who, but he will forever and always for me be Brandon Morbius. He was Solomon. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yep. okay. And I, as soon as I read that, Victor spoke the next line, and I went, oh, it is him. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't cue into that through earlier through the thing, especially because it's such a similar story that we're in a house, we're in an isolated place, and there's a storm. and kind of a similar you know, role. Yeah, kind of, you know, okay, totally. yeah, there he is. There's Solomon. Yay. I'd have had that revelation, but I had read something before when I when, – I don't think it was when we did Brandon Morbius, but I had, was reading somewhere some other things that he had done, that he had done yeah. and that was one of those ones that I went, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know that I can gush over this one enough, quite honestly. It's, 
it's just good. Something yeah. that I think that this um, piqued my interest, and we certainly aren't going to get to the very much of the new, Virgin New Adventure anytime soon, but I kind of thought, you know, when we start running out of uh, adversary archives, we can do it on death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which will be, might be kind of fun So and something a little different. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> When we get to that one, can the tap can the uh, title of the episode be in all capital letters? Death. <laughs> <laughs> Death becomes us. That, that's, a, that's a pratchett joke. Death speaks in all capital letters. In that the makes books. sense. Yep. And it's referenced in the books. Like <laughs> d- d- when when Death talks, it's in all capital letters. And then somebody well, else will comment, Death speaks in all capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I thought Pratt when I, uh, I don't know how much you want to know here, but when the other demon shows up with the hood and pretending to be death, shows up and he's not writing in caps. Terry's not writing in caps. I thought, did he mess up here? <laughs> and it wasn't until it was revealed that it wasn't him that I went, clever. <laughs> I should have caught on to that. I thought it was an error. I thought it was an editing error. Oh, your editor didn't catch that. Is it uh, is it the same as when uh, oh my god there's a shark in the water and everybody panics but there was no theme music <laughs> <laughs> I should have cued into that. All right, well, has you guys got anything else to talk about? I, mean, I could talk about this all night because it was such yeah, a wonderful I'm, story, but there's not a lot. Those more. are the main points I wanted to talk about. All right, but Sean, what's coming up next on the schedule? Next week on the schedule, deep breath. <sighs> No, I mean we're oh 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 we're, we're watching. We're watching <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to have some sort of huge revelation or something. So. <laughs> We've been canceled. Oh. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, for Friday night, who we're going to do deep breath. So I hope you all bought your season eight box sets. <laughs> no, <laughs> got your Blu-ray ready to go. Yeah, uh, Blu-ray. I have it all. On, I bought it all on iTunes last year. Or if you so bought it all on I'm iTunes, good to go. <laughs> you know. Uh, we're getting some Capaldi on the mix, so uh, Deep Breath next week. And because we've already reviewed Deep Breath, they will continue into some more Big Finish. We're going to do the uh, Eighth Doctor Adventures. The next two in line are number three, Horror of Glam Rock, and number four, Immortal Beloved. So, yay, another quarter is coming, gone, so it's time for some more Palm again to, to come back on the program. <laughs> is that how we're measuring it now, quarters? I do. I kind of. I don't know if you've noticed, but I over the last four I years, I don't Paul keep McGann, track of quarters. <laughs> every three months, I need some Palm again fix. <laughs> I'm fine if it's more frequent. Yeah, I would be too, honestly. But <laughs> somebody over there is like, on the big track. Once a month, I'm okay with. <laughs> well, if you keep bringing stuff to the table like the Master and and the Eighth Doctor stuff, which has been really good so far. I can't complain too much. Can't p- complain too loudly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and now that we're in the Eighth Doctor new adventures, to be said, uh, with hour-long 45-minute episodes, it's a bit easier to get is. Yeah. them done yeah. than trying to get several long episodes in. Well, and we're, we're – uh, this is more behind-the-scenes thing, but we're also kind of at a stymied point where we're trying to 
figure out how much backstory with the Virgin New Adventures do we need before we get into a couple of the sixth and seventh Doctor yes. stories that are coming up yes. that we really need to get to before. For you know, I would really like to you know continue with Charlie's story <laughs> since we <laughs> right, know right. that she's with six, yeah. but I don't feel like we can justifiably do that until we finish up with Evelyn, yes. yeah. or at least run Agreed. out the, the ones that were coming beforehand. Not Agreed. that not that we've done well, anything in order for you, Keith. <laughs> but say, but I want to give you this. If we're not doing Doctor Who proper in order, so I think that it, at the very least we should be doing the big finished stuff in order for the most part. We've at least kept eight, so in that order we don't go back and, and review a story that I thought should have been really good had I reviewed it two years ago. <laughs> I, I want to try and give that to Keith. That's my one, my one legacy to bequeath to you, my son. Hey, we, we did didn't, some of this in order. We didn't knew who in order. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> We've done Peter Capaldi in order. I can give you that one. <laughs> we, we, did, we did Matt Smith in order. No. We, we started with... We did Matt oh, Smith no, we in order. We, we did not. We started with Christmas Carol. Oh, that's true. You have still we did Christopher Eccleston in order. Yeah, but... And, and David yeah, Tennant yeah. in order. Yeah, but you don't true. count the ones yeah. isolated yeah, that's out. that's certainly true. Yeah. <laughs> After. <laughs> After. So... Whatever. Anyway, the Horror of Glam Rock and Immortal Beloved. Uh, so you've got some time to listen to those. And then the following week, we're going to start the first three parts of Genesis of the Daleks with Tom Baker, which will bring on our Beyond the Doctor with Tom Baker doing Sherlock Holmes in The Hound of the Baskervilles from 1982, which appears to be widely available on the YouTubes. As of now. As of right now. And you said it's four parts? It is four episodes. Four four episodes of that. So you may want to go and investigate uh, uh, finding those now. And then we'll finish. Four uh, half-hour episodes, I'm assuming? I think they're I want to say they're 45 minutes. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. I may be wrong. I may be wrong on that, but I seem to think they were nearly nearly an hour. Let me pull up my computer. Let me think about it here. One, two. Because each one of them was split split into three parts, and you can only get 10 minutes on YouTube if you don't have the big account. You don't pay the money account. So it it may have been 30 minutes then a piece. That's the thing. If you find them on YouTube, you may have to... Find a playlist because a lot, the, at least the places I've seen them, they're broken into 10 minutes a piece yeah. so that they can fit them on free YouTube um, services. And so, so plan you, on two to three hours. Yeah, but I, I found if you link them up in a playlist, they run right together. You just you have a little bit of buffering. In the yeah, 30-minute right episodes. On the next one. Okay. okay, so plan on two hours. Uh, and then on the, finishing out April on the 27th, we will finish out uh, Genesis of the Daleks. And then uh, and what I think is an interesting topic for uh, episode number 226, are the Daleks better off without Davros? So put your thinking caps on for that one. All right. Anything else? No, I don't think so. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.